bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Hate erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say? It's already been said. Leftovers. Only talent. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hey, welcome to a Pop Culture Leftovers bonus episode. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker, and spoiling the shit out of it. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're, we're the, leftovers. the Leftovers. All right, we are not alone on this episode. We are joined uh, by Mr. Dan West. Welcome, Dan. Bono is tasty. What's but, cracking, guys? Dude, what's up, I'm man? I'm excited. Yeah, Woo-hoo. yeah. So... We're going to be diving right in. Uh, all the spoilers mentioned here today have been uh, compiled from uh, the Jedi Paxis leaks on Reddit, as well as the leaks from MakingStarWars.net, and the leaks from Bespin Bulletin on Instagram. So these sources do, at times, contradict each other, but I firmly believe that they all have sources, and... With the reshoots, and a lot of these line up, to be quite honest with you, but with the reshoots and, and, and things being taken out of the movie, things added, some of these details have changed over the past, you know, few months. And, uh, none of this is 100% confirmed, but, um, I do think a lot of these, uh, leaks are lining up, and we do have a gist of, like, what this movie's gonna be about. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this with you guys. I, I for one, if you haven't seen the movie, of course, which nobody has at this point, <laughs> don't listen to this if you don't want to be spoiled. Because I, I do, I really honestly believe that a lot of these beats and things that we're going to be talking about today happen within the movie. Jake, we did an episode like this four years ago for The Force Awakens, and a lot of those beats happened the way that we we had heard about them. And so I, I really think that for me though, I can't avoid the Star Wars spoilers. And I, Jake, I know you're the same way. And it's one of those things I actually feel like knowing a lot of this stuff before going in to see the movie, um, is beneficial. I, I, and it's just really mainly for Star Wars, um, and some of the Marvel stuff, but I, I really enjoy the spoilers, man. I get a kick out of seeing like what actually kind of like made it into the final cut of the film. Like what is JJ? going to be putting into this movie at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm you're way more open about it than me. I'm always really dumb. And for about 24 to 48 hours, I'm like this time I'm going to go in blind and try to avoid everything. I can. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and Oh man, it, it, it never lasts. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Jake? <laughs> I'll read anything. I mean, w- when it came to the prequels, we were there on toy days, you know, scavenging through the backs of the action figures to find out information. And now with this new trilogy, it's all about these spoiler sites and drones getting info and just moles and leaks. And it's almost more fun than ever now. Yeah. Having that kind of air of mystery to it. Cause like yeah. back then it was pretty concrete. Like you'd, the novels and the toys and the spoilers would come out a good month and a half before the movie and it was concrete, but now there is this like 
misty haze of maybe something's going to get reshot or edited or someone got their sources wrong. So it's almost more fun now. Yeah. You mentioned Misty Hayes, and like that actually ties into the movie. Have you guys? Well, I I wasn't going to bring it up, but we we'll talk about it. Let's actually just uh, Dan and and you've kind of flipped on the spoilers yourself. Like you were kind of like anti spoilers, and now you're all in. Yeah, that is mainly because my enthusiasm for Star Wars has kind of waned quite a lot recently. Um, the Mandalorian has really helped getting me back into Star Wars. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Absolutely love the Mando. It's amazing. But yeah, I, do, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just like the back and forth between like the, the separatist fans, you know, the people that love the new films and the ones that hate it. There's, there's a lot of, uh, negativity and fucking dick swinging going on. I'm just, I'm not a fan of all that sort of stuff. It really right. winds me up. But, um, so with this, I'm, I'm actually very interested because a lot of the, uh, and we had this on the, um, Force Awakens and the, uh, the last Jedi. What the fuck? Yeah. I'm sorry. My blank, I'm blanking. The last Jedi. Yeah. 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 Um, we had a lot of this, uh, I kind of preface this, which is there's a lot of questions that go unanswered in those films. So I was really looking forward to finding out whether or not we get those answers because to be honest, if we do or don't get those answers, that's going to improve or hurt the movie for me. So I'm actually kind of uh, a little bit worried because this film might actually kind of muddy my feelings about the first two. So we'll see what happens. Well, that's the thing here. I think this this first scene in the movie, which actually um, I think was a new addition to what we're going to be seeing, because I think when we're watching the first trailer that came out the teaser trailer and you see kylo do like that choke slam on that guy i think that's so cool i i think that that was originally at the beginning of the movie but it was they've taken that scene out it looks like is what i'm hearing and i could be wrong but it looks like they've taken that particular scene out of the movie and replaced it with this one so and i i think that that scene and don't quote me but it was him taking on the knights of ren at the beginning of the movie or something like that but Let's jump into what I believe is the beginning of the movie, uh, if the reports are correct. It's going to take place on this planet called Exegol, and we're going to see a fleet of Sith destroyers rise up from the ground. And the original reports were that this first scene of the movie was actually going to be shot. Um, it, it was going to be a shot of like us, the viewers, after the you know opening crawl. Zooming in on a planet, and uh, that planet was uh, believed to be one of the moons of Endor, and it would be a training scene for Luke and Leia. And that scene, from what I'm hearing from MakingStarWars.net, is still in the film, but they've moved it now. It's not the opening scene of the film. The opening scene of the film is now Kylo Ren in his tie, and he's going to Exegol. And I guess, Jake, you said Misty Haze. He's got to go through the, this red mist. And I believe it was in the last kind of like special look trailer that they just showed where you can see kind of like this red mist. But Kylo Ren goes through this red mist in his tie. And that's what takes him to this planet of Exegol. And this is kind of like where the movie starts off. Um let me find my place here real quick. The it was oh this was making starwars.net and they went on to say that Kylo Ren lands on Exegol 
and he walks across the stormy plain of the dead world. He passes a giant floating cube about 30 feet in the air. This place is weird. The evil son of Solo then takes a lift down. So there's like a lift that he takes, and it takes him down inside the planet. But this is where things go from weird to insane. I mean, really insane. As Kylo explores the area, he encounters these small creatures that are tending to the capsules or barrels called the relics. Have you guys heard about this at all? (laughs) Nope. Mm -mm. (laughs) Get ready to have your minds blown. Inside these barrels, Kylo sees the body of former Supreme Leader Snoke. However, he was killed and disposed of. These are all clones. I'm told the explicit implication is Snoke has always been a clone. There are too many barrels full of Snoke clones to count. I think it is safe to say that Kylo Ren has had a bad feeling about this. So basically the big reveal here is that we know we're getting the Emperor in this movie, and we know that Snoke was a clone. So we're meant to learn here that Snoke was, in fact, a puppet of Palpatine, a proxy of Palpatine. So this is one of those things that they just kind of like, I'm hearing that they just added recently into the movie to clear up all the Snoke stuff. Cause they did not want to hear fans at the end of the day say, you know, what was the deal <laughs> with Snoke and, and the emperor and they're too much alike and all this stuff. Now, as for like, um, all these clones, th- this is none of this. What I'm saying, I think this is how the movie starts, but as for some of the other details about these Snoke clones, there's the rumor, and I think Jason Ward was talking about this, that Kylo has killed him more than once. And and I don't know if this is true at all, so I'm just throwing it out there because I, I did find it interesting. That Yeah, it is interesting. That Kylo has gotten angry and killed Snoke more than once. And that... And I don't know if I buy into this or not. And Jason was just kind of like spitballing here. And Kylo has killed him more than once. And so the Emperor creates another clone. And then Snoke comes back. So, like, Kylo's just thinking, like, I can't kill this fucking guy. (laughs) Yeah, he's like a fucking Looney Tunes character. Right, right. Uh, I I buy into the Snoke clone thing a lot just based on storytelling principle. Like, it... It makes the whole thing so cut and dry. Like, not only does it wrap up going forward, but it completely wraps up having to tell any pre-story with Snoke. Like, all that's out the window with this explanation. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. That's that. It's just the Emperor making clones. Right, right. Yeah, he's making clones. And then and then it's with... Uh, it's weird, though, because why did... Kylo feel it was such a definitive death in The Last Jedi when him and Rey are taking him on. And I I don't know if I'll talk about that now, I'll talk about that later, but it's it's one of those things I think that he felt like he needed, and yeah, I'll probably definitely get into it later a little bit more as we unpack this, but he felt like with Rey there, this will, this could kill Snoke. If that, if that is the case, that he's killed him in the past. Or, these clones just don't hold up that long. You know what I mean? They just don't, 
they don't last. They just they like sea monkeys. They die like these snow <laughs> these snow yeah. sea monkeys just die after a while. They can't. I mean, he, the we saw Luke what Luke was doing in, and we know when. And I'll talk, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into, you know, Kylo and the Emperor meeting for the first time in this movie. But we saw Luke when he kind of did his like Jedi, you know, telepresence trick where he was in one place, but not there physically. Yeah. And we saw that at the end of The Last Jedi and how much power that took. And it was like maybe with, this Snoke, we know that this Snoke has been reading the mind of Kylo Ren. He's like, I can read, you know, his mind. I know that he's this, that. He's on my side. He's going to strike you down, blah, 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 Ray. Maybe all that energy from this clone, like, was also, <laughs> I'm guessing here, but maybe, <laughs> maybe putting out all that energy and even creating the force bond between them, if that was Snoke or Snoke through Emperor, the Emperor, um, it just took its toll on uh, on the snow clones, but I don't know. This is all this is all speculation. Mm, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, oh, I was gonna say like that's one of the reasons why I don't think Kylo's killed him because it, I don't know. It just seems weird if he's just sort of killed him a bunch of times that this guy keeps coming back and he one he hasn't mentioned it at all but also two why is this why was the when ray killed him why why is that the end of it when would so, he wh- who would he yeah. mention it to he's the supreme leader and who would he say that like to himself or to the mask like like the vader uh-huh. mask like man i've killed this motherfucker a bunch of times <laughs> well, maybe, maybe maybe ray like you know when he's like talking to her through their their force like, yeah yeah you know he might have said something if she's sort of going on about like taking him down or whatever well, he didn't like well no i've killed him a bunch of times well sure he didn't well he didn't um he didn't tell ray everything either when it comes to like her parents so like well and we'll get into that but like i don't know i feel you know, that, that, I think this is kind of like the storytelling that we are going to get when you have two different directors working on a movie, right? On a trilogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I'm pretty much right there with Dan, though, where I, I do buy into the Snoke clones, but yeah. all the extracurricular stuff seems a little bit fan fiction-y to me. I don't know how you even work in that information in this, you know, fast-moving J.J. Abrams popcorn Star Wars movie. Like, it seems like a lot, a lot too much. Like, it's yeah. possible, and it pans out theory makes sense but i can't see them spelling all this out here yeah, yeah. i I, th- I think that kylo's probably not killed him it doesn't make sense at the end of the day no, kylo, i like the way yeah. they brought clones in though because obviously you know with attack of the clones and we know they have that technology but it also goes back to i know they said they basically burnt the eu to the ground but they are taking a lot of ideas from it and this all comes to you know like the emperor making clones of himself in case he did get killed mm-hmm. so you know it's all stuff that as you know fans of the extended universe we've seen before but yeah i just like the fact that it sounds like they're bringing it in, and like you said later, they're definitely going to have brought it in later on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie, Brian. Too while you were reading that description, my whole brain was doing the Williams Kylo Ren introduction theme, and I could like hear the elevator Star Wars sounds going down, and I was like, "Geez, <laughs> yeah." Like, I, I can really see that being the opening. It makes a lot of sense. You pan down, you see the Sith ship, you go through the mysterious mist. You know, you're going down and down and down. Yeah. And you're doing all those things. There has to be a payoff. Like, you don't cinematically show 
three different forms of descending and then not show a payoff. And the payoff is seeing these, what, barrels of snow clones? Yeah, it's got to be one of those things where the... And I think like whatever temple that he goes in that takes this lift down, this cube, whatever, it looks like a Sith holocron is what I'm hearing. So which I would, could see that. Which would be very cool. But here's the thing. It's like you go down there, you see the Sith clones, and it's basically – we're going to get to the conversation between Kylo and the Emperor later here in a moment. But it's basically kind of like, yeah, I'm Palpatine. I've been, you know, I created Snoke. I've been in control of this whole thing, blah, 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 blah. Right. I mean, like, yeah, it's a big intro. And and that's the kind of thing I I wouldn't be surprised that they're going to try to pull off. Like the first 10 minutes are going to be huge. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I think it's going to blow fans minds when we see like a bunch of these snow clones. I'm just trying to figure out like why there's so many of them as opposed to just like, one disposed body. Why, why was it necessary to clone them? And I, th- I think that will come out with like Palpatine talking. Maybe to Kylo. Here's my theory. Maybe it wasn't Kylo killing them so much as they only lasted. So like Kylo thought this being was immortal, but really it was dying all the time. And That's being- what, yeah. I kind of alluded to that. Like it was like they, they, they like sea monkeys, like they couldn't sustain, you know what I mean? Yeah. Life yeah, yeah. for that long. Yeah. I buy into that a lot more than, uh, cause I could see the emperor being able to explain that in like a line and a half of dialogue too. That could be pretty simple. Yeah. 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 Um, we will get back to that conversation between those two, but now we're going to jump ahead to a different scene and we're going to jump ahead to Ray's story. And did you guys have any final comments on the whole snow clone thing? No, no I like it. I can't wait for the action figure. Uh, just, <laughs> just like multiple action figures. No, oh, it's just barrel it's, of Snokes. It's just, it's just <laughs> it's like a barrel of monkey game. Yeah. yeah. It's just Snoke in a barrel, basically. Snoke yeah. in a barrel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I just uh, I, again just want answers. Just want to know what the hell's going on, basically. Right. Uh, so Ray's story opens with her training in the woods with General Leia. So Leia is training Ray, and we saw that shot in the Episode Nine special look of them kind of like hugging. Um, Jedi. Paxis says, as stated in a previous leak, it's been reiterated to me that we will indeed be getting. Oh yeah, I gotta talk about this. We will be getting young Luke and Leia flashbacks in The Rise of Skywalker. One in particular appears to be the opening of the movie, no less. Um, so yeah, there's kind of like, this is the opening of the movie before it transitions into Ray's opening. We begin the action by seeing one of, if not the final training session between Luke and Leia. And so I think that this is happening on one of the moons of Endor. A year. Maybe Yavin Four, maybe possibly, yeah. And so, like, it's it's a year after the events of Return of the Jedi, and Leia has been training with Luke. When you first see this battle, you're going to see like two people with helmets on, and they're flipping around, fighting each other using lightsabers, and you're you're thinking that it's Ray training, and then they both take off their helmets. And it's a young Luke and a young Leia. And Leia is in Jedi training. So she's been in Jedi training for a year. And then Leia talks to Luke and she tells him that she's giving up her Jedi training because she's pregnant with a son. 
And Jedi Paxus goes on to say, my source on this mentioned a fight, so I believe that we may be getting Luke and Leia in a lightsaber duel yeah, toward the beginning of the film. MakingStarWars.net said there's a flashback that happens in the movie very early on, showing young Luke and Leia. Luke is training Leia. So when you're watching this training sequence at first, that yeah, I talked about this. It's a de-aged Leia, a de-aged Luke, and that... Let's see. Oh, yeah. When Remember when we kept hearing that they're only using eight minutes of footage from The Force Awakens that they didn't use to yes. to you? It may have started off that way, but that's not what I'm hearing happen. I'm hearing that there's a lot of Leia in this movie, a lot more than eight minutes. And I'm hearing that we are getting CG Leia because... When we see Luke, when we see Leia and Ray out in the jungle, she never wore that outfit. That's nothing she ever wore on set. And when we see young Leia, she never filmed any of those scenes. Um, they have done kind of like, um, they did like a 3D print of her before she passed away. So they have all, and they did that, I believe, for Rogue One. So they did get all those like, like a 3D print image of like her. So they have been able to use it. I think they worked with Carrie Fisher's brother, and they definitely work with Billy Lord. I'm hearing that they used Billy Lord, her daughter, as the body double for scenes, and that they got a voice actor that they've used, you know, before in other movies and in other media to voice Carrie, and that there were additional scenes added to this movie, and CG was used. So... They're basically telling us that I think that they're so confident that it looks so good that by the end of the movie, no one's going to question it. No one's going to. I hope it looks better than Rogue One because that was a little bit on the Mm -hmm. roofy side. Yeah. Yeah. And I I agree with Dan there. I'm excited to see the one year after Return of the Jedi flashback stuff, though, and to see the young Mark and Carrie in a scene together. I think if they do that really well, that's really going to ooh and ah people. I mean, I mean, me too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's one of those things where I heard that when they had um, done this, I don't think that Mark Hamill had uh, voiced anything for it yet. So I don't know. But I know I, I've heard that young Leia is Billy Lord as the body double. I mean, so, that's nice, isn't it? You know, having a daughter do it. That's you know, Yeah. It, so it, just as sort of like a kind of respect thing, that's that's the way it should be. If you're going to do it at all, that's the way it should be. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, yeah. And she's involved with the movie, too, already. So it's not like cumbersome like that. Like Billy Lord's already been very present in the last two movies. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, that sounds great. Fucking young Luke Leia. Yeah, bring it on. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it's just like they... they all this stuff about like, yeah, they didn't film anything. Like, you know, they didn't do a CG carry and it's, I think it started off that way. And then as the movie kept going, they were just like, this is not, we need more like to, to do this story properly. The Leia story, we've got to do more. I heard that like that scene of them hugging, like they added additional lines from that voice actor and they might even CG her mouth saying things. Um, so I, I mean, there's, there's a lot more that, uh, than they originally had stated, but she basically had, she'd been in Jedi training. She had been in Jedi training with Luke for a year 
and then she quit because now she's pregnant with uh, with Kylo. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because they say about Luke starting off a Jedi temple and everything and starting to rebuild the Jedi. And in Return of the Jedi, we find out that Leia is Force-sensitive. She does have that link with Luke, and she does have it in her, you know, in her to be a Jedi. So, yeah, why not? I can get her training. But I, I do like the way that that's the way she stopped training is that she was pregnant with Ben. I think that's pretty yeah. cool. Well, she pick, <clears throat> she picks up her training again. And as a when we go to the current point in the timeline, and this is from Jedi Paxis, Leia appears to have taken up the mantle of Jedi mentor to Rey in the wake of Luke's passing. So I'm hearing that the fact that Rey is in this story now kind of like reignites her love of uh of training i guess she really did enjoy it but she was ready to be a mother she was ready to be a general and you know had other duties and things like that so she stopped her jedi training and this reignites her kind of like that fire that she had where she was wanting to you know be a jedi just like her brother and um because i mean think about it at the end of the day man after return of the jedi they're the only two force sensitive beings that we know about in this world unless baby yoda's still alive at this point you know <laughs> yeah yeah i i like it it's got to be pretty exciting for the character of leia to be able to you know pass down this thing that was only shared between her and her brother right right yeah and i mean just tr- yeah it's something that they can share together it's something they can share together which is really cool um bespin bulletin goes on this is from bespin bulletin they say ray during her training with leia is attempting to communicate with jedi who have become one with the force and is training her mind and body to pull this off and just like luke on dagobah ray becomes frustrated with her training and this leads to her chopping down a tree that falls on bb-8 uh, <laughs> um, makes an adorable loud droid no- noise i'm sure right there she will also attempt to communicate with Luke using the Force, but fails. Uh, she will also try to give Leia Luke's old lightsaber. So, yeah, I think that that is... I've heard about this throughout the movie that I don't know if, like, she's reading about this and those Jedi, you know, that Jedi Bible, the, that that set of, uh, you know, encyclopedias that she got from Amway, the Jedi Amway encyclopedias that she got from Luke <laughs> in the last movie. She's like trying to communicate with like all these Jedis that have come before and um, can't do it. And it's very frustrating for her is what I'm hearing is like another part of her training that she's trying to do. Um, Jedi Paxis and some of this stuff that I'm going to be going on that we're going back into the Exegol stuff. And it's just, this is stuff from Jedi Paxis on Reddit. He says early on in the films, we catch up with Kylo's story where he is slaughtering people with the purpose of tracking down one of the film's MacGuffins, a device known as the Wayfinder. The Wayfinder is still in the movie, but I don't believe that I think that this whole scene was cut out and we're getting the Snoke clone stuff instead that him slaughtering people at the beginning of the movie to get the Wayfinder. I think basically it's it's that's taken out completely. Um, and. Paxis goes on to say, I'm told that the clip of Kylo body slamming someone into the floor of a forest bathed, bathed in red light seen in the teaser. I'm also told that this is the planet Exegol. So a lot of this is right as far as like it is the planet Exegol, but I think that they took out that whole scene. Oh, um, 
I want to see him fucking body slam that guy into the ground. That was awesome. Yeah, I don't think it's happening. <laughs> yeah, I hate that when they don't give you the trailer stuff in the movie these days. When they, it's like, ah, don't even give us the trailer if you're making those hard cuts. Kylo obtains the Wayfinder from the Oracle, and I don't know. And it's one of those things. I don't know if we're still getting the Oracle in this movie. I've heard like some reports say that he's there. Some reports say that he didn't make the final cut of the movie. I don't know if we're getting, if I had to guess, we're not going to get an Oracle, but we still could. I have no idea. Um, but Kylo does get a wayfinder and it's the wayfinder that belonged to his grandfather. So there's two wayfinders. There's one that belonged to Palpatine. And then there's one that belonged to Vader and Kylo gets the Vader Wayfinder. Bespin Bulletin reported that the Oracle scene with Kylo Ren has been removed. Bespin Bulletin is saying Kylo will now locate a chest that contains an object called the Wayfinder. Kylo has some kind of a flashback where he hears the voices of Luke and Han Solo before next hearing Palpatine call out to him. Wow, they're really going all out on the flashbacks in this one. Totally. That, remember that was something that you know we spoke about in the Last Jedi that you know we never got a flashback scene in Star Wars before. So seems like that that's all out the window, and they're just going full on. We need to explain some shit. So here you go. Well, like I'd say that the flashback that we saw. This sounds more of like a flashback that he's getting when he picks up the Wayfinder, kind of like when Ray picked up the lightsaber in the Force Awakens. It was kind of like a. Um, more like a vision a than a vision. flashback. Yeah, and I, but we did straight up get like the same flashback three times in the Last Jedi. Those were flashbacks within the Star Wars movies. Yeah, um, Jedi Paxis goes on to say, using the coordinates found within the Wayfinder device, Kylo arrives in the unknown regions. Um, here, Kylo encounters Emperor Palpatine, and we talked about this. And I, I think, like, I. I th- think this just kind of all blends in with like the beginning of the movie uh, honestly i think like some of this jedi paxis stuff is like not meshing with the making star wars that stuff i think the beginning of the movie is kylo's already got the wayfinder we're not getting that scene that's being taken out like that scene of him like attacking those guys whoever's like guarding the wayfinder he like that scene's been taken out i think we start the movie with kylo having the wayfinder device he's already found it yeah. And the Wayfinder device takes him to the mist, the red mist in space in his tie. And his tie fighter takes him to Exegol. And that's where he meets Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, I agree. We we, we kind of know the movie got shorter. Like the runtime is shorter than we thought. And I think you're probably right. It's a lot of this stuff that had to go. Um, I think a character like the Oracle is a bit confusing when your main villain is going to end up being the Emperor. So those are just easy and quick cuts for them to make. I I definitely agree with you that we could just skip all that stuff. It's a bunch of yada yada. And we want to get to the emperor who's on the poster ASAP at the beginning of the movie is the big bad. Mm-hmm. So, so who is, who was the Oracle supposed to be? Cause I also saw that, that from the things that I found that they cut that character out. Uh, he, Kylo is basically like at the beginning of the movie, we're just kind of, he has to f- go to the Oracle to, to get the wayfinder whether he has to get it through force or and who knows like you know like at the beginning of the movie where he's fighting all those guys they might be guarding the oracle kylo shows up to the oracle once the wayfinder then kills the oracle you know okay okay, man yeah i just i just didn't know if there was any details about that particular character or anything on why that was so important 
Just uh, that's yeah. basically also, just to get the just to get the wayfinder. This guy is in possession okay. of the wayfinder. Yeah, it makes Kylo a little bit less redeemable too. It's like yeah, you don't need to show Ky- Kylo killing this thing you just introduced yourself to when you're going to be doing these big like potential redemption arcs later. Yeah. Um, spoilers. Oh, that's what this whole episode's about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm just saying, man. Uh, let's see here. I said possibly, but it's, like, uh, it's a spoiler cast, you know. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah, basically Kylo uses – I think Kylo has the Wayfinder. The Wayfinder takes him to, to the Red Mist, takes him to Exegol, and now he's sitting down with Palpatine. And here's the – this is very confusing, um, and I'll read some of the stuff from Jedi Paxis, some of the stuff from making Star Wars, and it, it's very confusing. Kylo encounters Emperor Palpatine. How Palpatine is still alive and how he ended up in the Unknown Regions is still a mystery to me that I hope to learn more about in the next few months. Um, he puts a note here. Daisy Ridley recently said in an interview that it, it's explained in the film. But my source on this tells me that this is indeed Palpatine in the flesh. Kylo and Palpatine's conversation apparently centers around ordering Kylo to find Rey and bring her to the Emperor with the goal of turning her to the dark side. Now, this changes through every, like, rumor that I've heard. It's, it's, um, to bring her there, turn her to the dark side, to bring her there, to kill her. It's, this changes. So at the end of the day, I don't, 100% 100% know what's going to be why he wants Ray there. But, um, yeah, I mean, the gist of it's all basically the same now. Just get her and bring her here. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, but it, is it to kill her? Is it to rule with her? I mean, I've heard, I think, I think the latter on that one because of what we find out later on. Yeah. I think it's probably to bring her into the fold, just like he was trying to do a Luke as well, you know? It, even if that isn't what it is, the Emperor is a savvy guy, and he's going to know Kylo's motives, and he's going to know Kylo has a relationship with her. So even if his motives were the most sinister to kill her, I don't think that's what he'd be using to tell Kylo to get him to do what he wants Kylo to do. No, like, this is the Emperor, guys. Like, at the end of the day, this is all a trick. It's all a fucking yeah, yeah. trick to get them together for some... It's very important. Like, we heard in the trailer, like, what was that line that he said, like... Oh, I, you know, this, oh God, I can't remember the line, but it was basically something about them. But being together is the greatest weakness. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Or, yeah. Um, now, this is something that I've heard that it was referred to in the movie, and it's still there, but it's been removed as far as referencing it. There's basically, there's something special about Kylo and Ray's relationship. And they were originally referring to it as the Force Dyad. And I will talk about that later. I heard that it's still in the movie. The elements are there, but they don't refer to it as the Force Dyad anymore within the film. Yeah, that's what I heard as well, is that they took took that term out of the whole thing, that it won't be referenced at all. Well, I guess we'll talk about, like... At the end of the day, when we get there, when I, when I start talking about that, opening that up a little bit more, I guess we'll, I, we should definitely talk about whether they should have kept that in. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. MakingStarWars.net says that Kylo then comes upon an old man in a bed. The old man claims to be Darth Sidious. Kylo doesn't believe him and ignites his saber and puts it to his throat. And the old man laughs at him. 
the old man looks up and reveals the Sith fleet that waits for him above the planet. So he's in a bed. He's got these um, little, you know, alien guys around him that take care of him. He's old and he's weak. He's in this bed. And above him, he's got a skylight, apparently. And he's got this fucking Sith fleet. This And these these Star Destroyers that he has are like these super star destroyers. I hear they're all black and they have red lines in them, um, red lines on them. And they're all just, they're just like hovering up there. And now Kylo Ren is convinced, um, that this is, um, that this is Palpatine and, um, Darth Sidious orders Kylo Ren to kill Ray. So here we go. This is a completely different, uh, no, yeah, because it was in the original and Jedi Paxis was saying, I want Ray to turn it to the dark side. And now making Star Wars.net is saying Darth Sidious is ordering Kylo Ren to kill Ray, that this is his first and only mission. Kylo asks what is so special about Ray and Palpatine says he will soon, he will find out all too soon. So yeah, it's this, this changes a lot within whether you're, and and we'll talk about, um, we'll talk about what Bespin Bulletin says here in a moment, but yeah, go ahead, Jake. Yeah. I I just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like Kylo would, would bite for that at all. Like what's there to gain? Just the fleet, just seeing that red and black striped star destroyer fleet is going to be enough for Kylo to go. Okay. I'll kill Ray. Well, we've already talked about the Snoke stuff. And, and here's another thing. It's 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 the fact that he still kind of like worships his grandfather. Mm, yeah, I mean? yeah. And here's the guy. Here's the guy. I mean, this is the guy. So and at the end of the day, it's like Kylo probably sees those, you know, Star Destroyers. And maybe within the movie, we're thinking to ourselves, is he really going to join up with this guy? Or is he going to pull like another like, I'm going to kill this old man? And take control of his fleet, and me and Ray are gonna rule the universe together. I'm gonna, I'm gonna convert her one way or the other over to the dark side, or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, I don't uh, know. It's like the, the one where where did all the Star Destroyers come from? I'm assuming that was it, all of this is like that. That uh, what was it called? The Empress Plan was it Scorched Earth? Like the, con- the contingency plan he had that if he died that he would his consciousness would go to another body. But this that's what this sounds like. But as far as Kylo, like, not just fucking killing him where he's, where he's laying down in his bed, because he, you know, took over from Snoke in The Last Jedi. So if he suddenly decides to serve this weak, feeble old guy, it's like it kind of very, like, what's the word? It's counterintuitive from what he did in, in the last film, don't you think? We're yeah, just, there's got to be some yeah. little thing that we yeah. don't know. We don't like know. Some promise yeah. of power, some something, something. I feel like yeah, there's one so. little missing ingredient. Well, let's get into some of this other stuff here because here's here's what here here's what Jedi Paxis goes on to say. My source specifically mentioned that Palpatine is very old and decrepit at this point, possibly on the verge of death. A little bit of googling reveals that Palpatine is thought to have been born around 84. Uh, before 84 BBY, before the Battle of Yavin, making him in the neighborhood of 113 years old by the events of the Rise of Skywalker. His goal in luring Kylo to him and converting Rey to darkness is more or less to have Rey and Kylo inherit his new empire and for them to rule it together. And that's what Paxis is saying. Um, Bespin Bulletin says... 
when Kylo Ren. So yeah, I mean that might entice Kylo to rule the Empire with Rey. Yeah, go get her, bring her back. You can have all of this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. Pa- I'm passing it down. You know what I mean? I, I've inherited all this, and I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to you. You're gonna inherit all this. That I, yeah, you know, I can't sense. do this. I'm old. I'm, I'm gonna die soon. I gotta leave it to, I gotta leave it to the, <laughs> I gotta leave it to the kids. You know? As you, as you said earlier, he's a sneaky motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's gonna be Emperor Palpatine knives out version. Yeah. <laughs> So Bestman Bulletin says when Kylo Ren first confronts Emperor Palpatine, uh, Kylo will be angry and even threatens Palpatine, but Emperor will be unfazed by Kylo. He doesn't deny that he died on the Death Star, but he also mocks Kylo Ren's let the past die ideas. Palpatine details the past, that the past is the key to the future and then references Rey's lineage. He talks about the construction of the Sith fleet that we see in the opening scene and talks about how the Empire needs a, needs a ruler. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Very nice. There's a bunch of answers there. Yeah. Already. Exactly. That, that, and I, like, I love the Bespin Bulletin stuff. Like, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I, it's, um, I love the making Star Wars that stuff. Jedi Paxis did like a, an incredible job of like detailing stuff and having stuff in order. But I feel like I really, like, from what I've been reading, I really love the Bespin Bulletin stuff, like what they've been yeah. putting in there. Yeah, it sounds like they've got kind of, you know, they seem to be asking the questions that I'm asking. It's like the reasons behind stuff. Yeah. Seem that they've got that, that nailed down. So that's cool. Exactly. Now, one big change is Palpatine no longer references the idea of a forced dyad. Now, this comes from Bestman Bulletin. And I'm hearing that this is true, that it's not referenced anymore, but the subtext is still there. So what would this forced dyad, what would have what would it have been had they kept it in the movie? And I think that the elements are still there. And, but we just have to read into it. It's not spelled out. They don't literally call it the force dyad within the film. Um, Jason Ward from making star Wars.net said, it's basically something that Kylo learns about from talking to Palpatine, that it's like two molecules that when they are around each other become more powerful. So when Ray and Kylo are near each other, they are more powerful, which would explain then why at the end of The Force Awakens on Starkiller Base, when Rey confronts Kylo and she's had no Jedi training, that she's able to, you know, force pull the lightsaber and defeat Kylo. It's also why when she's on like the Star Destroyer, she's able to Jedi mind trick that guy. And this is basically those two become more powerful when they're around one another. Um, I guess... They, this happens, um, it's explained that it only happens like once every generation where these two Jedis, these two force users have this special, like, um, force dyad. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I hear that it's like, and so people were like, okay, so we've seen Ray, Ray in the force dyad. She's, she's so powerful. She's doing all these things that she's never been able to do before. But what about Kylo? What has Kylo been able to do? When, when do we see Kylo become stronger? And it was during the battle with Snoke, like the, the, the confrontation with Snoke, where Snoke is like, you know, I can read his mind. When he's around Rey, it was clouding Snoke's br- mind. He couldn't, he couldn't read uh, Kylo's mind to, to see that his, that it, to see that his apprentice was ready to kill him. So, that's the belief there. If the, if the door, if the dyad is even in the, like in the film at all. 
Yeah, not going to lie, this does sound like something they came up with to explain why Ray is so good. That's what it seems like. Because this is obviously not anything we've heard of before. Yeah. But it does seem like something they've brought into the, the, the Star Wars canon to explain why Ray defeated Kylo. I mean, I made the fucking point in The Force Awakens. It was like, oh, how could she beat him? Because he got a gut shot from Chewie. That was my reasoning. Right. It wasn't like a hundred. He's probably, what, a 50%, something like that. Yeah, dude, but, but he's, he's, then. he's still punching his chest. He's ready to go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, he was fucking mortally wounded at that point. So that was, that was the reason I thought that she beat him there. Um, and I mean, the, in the throne room, that was, that was a quest. That was a more of a stalemate, wasn't it? It was like they were on an equal playing field. Yeah. Because, so, I mean, but obviously I would, would say that Kylo's training, he definitely should have been able to beat, beat her, but this does seem like a roundabout way of saying that, you know, maybe, they, yeah, they become more powerful, but maybe they become kind of equally powerful in the way of the Force. And as we know that the Force can actually, we've been told a million times that the Force leads your actions. That's why they wear the blasters when they're training and they can't fucking see. So they literally have to have the Force kind of preempt what's going to happen. So maybe that's why they were such, it was such a stalemate in the, uh, the chamber, because the Force was telling her what he was going to do. So, right. Yeah, but I mean, that's the reason that I think that they've come up with this, is to kind of shut certain people up it's like nope that doesn't make sense anymore because we changed it that and like the, the the strong connection that they had like in the you know the last jedi as far as like being able to communicate with one another like maybe yeah, like, like that's part of the force diet it just keeps like pulling them together so yeah yeah, that's interesting um i could see why they would want to leave this stuff out though i i agree with dan it sounds like an idea to explain why, you know, Ray and Kylo are a bit more powerful than you would think they should be. And I don't know. I'm fine with that stuff being a bit more mysterious. This, you know, it's very midi-chlorian sounding them just coming up with new vocabulary to explain, you know, story decisions they decided to make in previous movies. Yeah, you're trying to explain a mystical force that binds the universe together. It's probably quite a mysterious thing. So <laughs> trying to get like two in into the nitty gritty of it, it, it you know, it just seems silly to me to explain yeah. why someone can beat someone else with no training when you're talking about a fucking universe with space wizards. Yeah, it, yeah, that's yeah, silly. They well, they, see the thing that is the thing with Star Wars though. Like they introduce new concepts all the time. We think we got it. Like oh, it's just about the Force and it's about lightsabers. Next thing you know, we're finding out that you know um, Darth Plagueis can raise people from the dead. We're finding out in Rebels that there's time travel. We're you know what I mean, which is the dumbest thing that they never should have <laughs> introduced into Star Wars, but you know they did, but. But, you know, and, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they're even going to introduce into this movie that we haven't seen before. And I think a lot of it is just like, you know, uh, basically once they introduce those Jedi, those books, those, those, those books, there's, there's so much more about the, the force that Ray's learning about that I think they're going to introduce into this movie. So. Yeah. Have, have you got anything spoiler wise about the books or is there not really, they're not really mentioned? Uh, there's a little bit, I think, but not, uh, not too spoilery when it comes to the books, to be quite honest with you. I think, okay. I think it's basically like a new, a new part of the, like a new power from the force that Ray has learned maybe from the books or, you know, has kind of absorbed yeah. or something. So, um, let's see here. Yeah. Kylo, I've been talking about Kylo. 
um, ran in this uh, Palpatine. Um, a convinced Jedi Paxis says a convinced Kylo Ren listens to the Sith Lord and Darth Sidious orders Kylo Ren to kill Rey. That this is his first and only mission. Kylo asks, "What is so special?" Yeah, I, I've already gone over that. In order to facilitate bringing about this, this is Jedi Paxis. In order to facilitate bringing about this new empire, Palpatine has spent his thirty years of um, creating a fleet of Death Star destroyers. Um, note, I don't know if this is their actual name or not. Personally, I hope not. It's a bit on the nose, which, uh, <laughs> which appear to be exactly what they sound like. Star destroyers with Death Star tech mounted on them. So that's what we have here. These, these black, uh, super star destroyers with the red lines have Death Star tech mounted on them, giving them the capability to destroy a planet. Uh, note. <laughs> It's like some Austin Powers, Dr. Evil shit. <laughs> no, oh, that is funny. <laughs> apparently, once this particular technology was unleashed 30-some-odd years ago, that Pandora's box can't be shut again. According to my source, these Star Destroyers make up the Sith fleet that housed the new red Sith troopers that were showcased at San Diego Comic-Con in July. Guys, I don't know a lot about the red Sith troopers, to be quite honest with you. Just that they, that they are called Sith troopers, that they are in red, and then at one time in the movie, we're gonna see them, I guess, blended in with regular white sperm troopers. So it's, I, I, I really don't know a whole lot other than that, to be quite honest you, with you when it comes to the, to the red Sith troopers. Yeah, are we going to get de- we're getting death troopers as well? We're getting like the black ones as well. I don't know if we're going to get death troopers. It's like it's like we got death troopers in the Mandalorian, we got them in um Rogue One, but I, we haven't seen them anywhere else as far as I know. Maybe Rebels they showed up, but like we haven't seen them anywhere else in my, you know, in Yeah. in the new trilogy. So, yeah. Um let's see here. Let's get back to the resistance. Let's get enough about Ray and Kylo and the Emperor and stuff like that. Let's get let's get back to the resistance here and what they're doing. So apparently we catch up with Finn and Poe returning to the jungle planet depicted in some of the behind the scenes images shown at Celebration. The duo have been in contact with an informant from within the First Order. The mole has told Finn and Poe about Kylo coming in possession of the Wayfinder. Um, note, it's unclear to me if anyone in the Resistance understands what the Wayfinder is or where it leads. They just want to find it. So, as far as who the informant is, Bespin Bulletin had more details. They go on to say the Resistance are given information from General Hux. I think this is bullshit. The resistance are given infor- mm-hmm. hold on let me read the yeah no 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 the resistance are given information from general hux about the first order's plans through an informant called bulio okay so it's not how there was this rumor that general hux was going to flip yeah i don't buy that he would be the, that he would be the mole well that he was going to flip sides because now kylo's in you know control of you know, the first order and everything he stood for as far as like, you know, Snoke and, 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 you know, the regime, the, the, the early regime of the first order is gone. Everything that he, that he stood for, that he believed in is gone. Now it's like, 
it's Kylo and he fucking hates Kylo. So he's gonna, he's gonna switch. I, I that was a rumor. I, I think it's bullshit. Um, but apparently there's this informant called Bulio. Bulio tells them that Snoke rose to power in the unknown regions and was not a pawn of the, uh, and was not a pawn of Emperor Palpatine. He's also the one that tells them about the Sith fleet. When hearing about the fleet, Finn is worried that the First Order will be kidnapping children in order to man it. Remember, he was a child when he was taken by the First Order. And from what I'm hearing later in the movie, that this is basically Finn's arc in the final film of the trilogy. He's trying to stop yeah. the First Order from kidnapping children to use to man their armies. So um, it's not like they're going to man their armies overnight. Like this is like a 10, 15, 20 year process, but like they're getting started now. They've got these superstar destroyers with all this tech. They need to fill these ships. And so yeah, more, more, more stormtroopers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a great arc for Finn. I uh-huh. really do. Cause I mean, one of the things we said in the last Jedi is we want more Poe, want more Finn and, um, having him take on this, you know, heroic, uh, story arc, which is very, very like just down his, uh, his story. You know, it's like, it's what he's about where, where he comes from. It was like, you know, what happened to him? It's very personal. And I think that we're going to see, Finn kicks some fucking ass. Like, oh man, for that. Yeah, he he's yeah, yeah. he's gonna go on this. Uh, we'll talk about this. Actually, we'll, yeah, we're gonna jump into this right now. Actually, he's gonna find yeah. he's gonna find Jana, and we're gonna talk. You know, uh, she's on that jungle planet. You know, we've seen her. She's got like that kind of uh, energy bow that she uses. Um, I think she rides on like these creatures and shit like that. But like, we're gonna find her on what we were thinking was the planet Endor, but it's actually called Kefvir, I believe. I don't know how it's spelled, but it's called Kefvir. Um, okay. And um, I don't know when it happens in the story or, you know, but I th- it, basically he goes to stop the First Order from kidnapping kids to build up this fleet for the future. So there's this general pride that, that I guess that's general pride is on a Star Destroyer and that like his soldiers are tasked with like, you know, uh, kidnapping children. Um, so Janna and Finn going on, they go on the suicide mission with a couple of, um, resistance soldiers and Janna and Finn sneak their way on board a super star destroyer. That's being led by, um, general pride. He's a first order officer and they fight their way to this reactor core within the, um, super star destroyer and they bomb it and then this thing blows up and it's a suicide mission the the, the ship is going to go down and they're they're believed to be dead they're going to die dude that's the one thing about what's that uh the saying that's what i heard that it was a suicide mission that they're both kind of resigned to their fate but they know that it's so important they're going to fucking do it anyway which sounds cool it sounds very cool now here's the thing dude this movie i hear has so many fucking death fake outs in it man like (laughs) it is full of them here's one of them like Janna and Finn are gonna die everybody's like thinking they're gonna die but then the Millennium Falcon the Falcon shows up it comes in and it saves them yeah I heard that too (laughs) so it's it's Lando it's Lando Calrissian yeah Yeah. and this might be the scene where he like we see him in the trailer go woo you know like I don't know (laughs) this might be it But Paxis has heard that Janna, here's the thing, this is all over the place. I think that, 
Paxis has heard that Jana is Finn's sister early on, but then that changed. That that Jana is Lando's daughter. I think that Jana is Lando's daughter. Um, I think probably about thirty three percent of the Star Wars universe is Lando's daughter or son at this point. <laughs> yeah, because that that guy, you know, he is smooth as fuck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're probably not wrong there. Imagine the child support that this guy has to pay. Jeez, <laughs> that's why. That's why you know. That's why he's got all those uh, those gambling problems and stuff. He's just trying to get that. <laughs> Fucking he, family allowed. He's still trying to use old. He's still trying to use old imperial credits. <laughs> <laughs> mm. no, that's great, man. Because again, uh, you know, it's nice to see some of the legacy characters like coming in and having these big moments. So I'm looking forward to seeing that for sure. Well, see, the reason that Jana goes with Finn, like they meet Jana on this jungle planet somewhere along the lines. Like they land on the planet, blah blah blah. They meet her, and the reason she goes is she was kidnapped too. So she was kidnapped, and we'll find out. I'll tell you when I believe she was kidnapped um, when she was a child. We'll talk about that later. But, like, that's, like, so basically, like, I think that Janna is Lando's daughter. Lando flies in, rescues Finn and Janna. He's reunited with his daughter. And there's still some people saying that it could be true that Finn is Lando's son. I don't believe that that is the case. I think that... With Finn, no. with Finn being in the resistance for at least a good year now, that word would have gotten back to Lando about about him or something, you know. I and yeah, and Finn Calrissian doesn't sound good to me, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you would hope that Lando gave him an actual name before he had a number. Well, when, yeah, you know, sure. Well, he doesn't. You would hope he doesn't fucking know it, so. It's, you know, that's fine. Yeah, I agree with this. I mean, this is yet another love interest for Finn, you know, three movies, three love interests. And that it's kind of a running theme, it seems like. So I, it, there's no way it's his sister. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a love interest because uh, Finn, Finn is running around with Jana in this movie. But like, what's up with him and Rose? And so I, I don't know 100 percent. All I've heard is that Finn throughout the movie is trying to tell Ray something throughout the movie and he keeps getting cut off for one reason or another. He's trying to tell her something. And I'm hearing we're supposed to think that he's going to tell Ray that he has feelings for her. But what might happen, and this is conflicting, what might happen is he's trying to tell Ray that Rose is pregnant with his baby. So I don't know if that's going to happen or if that is not going to happen. Cause like what I'm hearing is like Rose is not in this movie a lot at all. Like she's higher up in the ranks now. It's been a year. She's higher up in the ranks. Um, but she's not in this movie a lot. She, she might show up in that last battle. A lot of people show up in the final battle and she might be one of them. But as far as like her having a big arc in this film, I don't think so. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm fine with her not going on suicide missions. Yeah, so. I, I just think it's a shame because I, I always I really liked uh, Rose. There you go. Well, I mean, that's maybe why they left her off of the poster, and I don't know. I don't know. There's just maybe she is pregnant, and that's why she's not in these action scenes either. You know? Yeah, yeah, agreed, so. man. I, again, I just I just hate to think that it was all the like the the crazy fucking shit she got for you know from assholes that made her like not want to be in the film as much or something mm-hmm. it just yeah. again it's it's stuff outside of the film because like, I, I just want them to tell the best story that they can and 
I really like Kelly Marie Tran as Rose. I thought she was great, and I like Rose as a character, and I just wanted to see more of her. So, oh well. But you're, I think you're correct. You know, yeah. not on the posters, uh, not in barely. She's barely in any of the clips in the trailers. Oh so, God, yeah. yeah. I don't think yeah, I like. I only remember seeing her like in maybe one or two clips. I mean, there's really nothing there. So yeah, but it's like well, it's, it, we can also say like, well, okay, what what the fuck's up with Maz Kanata too? In yeah, these movies. yeah, you know what I mean. I'm fine oh. with not finding out. <laughs> I'm like, her. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like they, not, not really. They set this character up as like being way Jake. They set this character up, and you can disagree all you want, but they set her up to be way more important than she's actually turning out to be. No, yeah. I do. I do agree, but I just can we get some payoff for any of that? that yeah, can we get I some just, payoff for any of that? That that I don't have to read about in a fucking comic book or in a in a, in a graphic novel or something? Because like I think it's I think it's bullshit. I, I really liked fucking Maz Kanata in the Force Awakens. I thought she was a yeah. really cool character that they kind of like made us think that, yeah, she might be Force-sensitive. And he, they even tease shit in this fucking movie. And it's like, but there's zero payoff for Maz Kanata at the end of the day from what I'm hearing. Yeah, I yeah. want to. I want her to answer the question that I've been asking myself for four years, which is how the fuck she got the lightsaber. Yeah. And she just says, oh, that's a story for another time. Is it? Can I hear that fucking story now? Since it was on the last goddamn movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a post credit scene. She'll be... <laughs> <laughs> she just finds it in a dumpster. <laughs> She'll be sitting it's going to be a, a Disney Plus series, Maz's stories. Yeah. She'll be sitting <laughs> on a rocking chair in the cantina and... Uh, telling you stories about the the lightsaber um let's get back to like okay so we got the informant of bulio apparently and i don't know that's from bestman bulletin i don't know if there's an informant named bulio but it sounds like they get this information from this informant that's you know working within uh that's in the first order that's giving them information and they find out that Kylo's got this wayfinder. They find out about the Sith fleet. They all this stuff, and so Poe and Finn tell Leia about this, and this is from Jedi Paxis, and she sends Rey, Chewbacca, C three PO, and the other droids to accompany them on the mission in order to get them going on their quest. Leia puts them in contact with someone on Pasana. Pasana is the desert planet that was filmed in Jordan. So it's at this point in the story where the resistance team makes their way to the desert planet seen in the teaser and behind the scenes footage. It's revealed that Leia's contact. This sounds, this is where, this is where it gets a little contradictory. It's revealed that Leia's contact is Lando Calrissian. So not, I guess not Bulio. Lando points them toward another one of our MacGuffins, a Sith artifact. I believe this. I don't think that there is Bulio. I think that if that stuff was in the movie, it was taken out. It's getting too confusing with Bulio, the Oracle. I think all these things just kind of like were too much. Two Wayfinders. Well, the Wayfinders make sense. The Wayfinders make sense. Well, I yeah, think but you have to just get down to one MacGuffin is what I'm saying. I, I agree with you. I think the, the Wayfinders make sense because one is Palpatine's Wayfinder. One, the Wayfinders are just a way to bring them to this one, this one MacGuffin. And I think that this makes sense to me. 
but as far as like all these different contacts, we're going to learn about another contact here in a moment. Um, but like, you know, the Oracle and Bulio, this just makes sense to have the contact be Lando Calrissian. And so Lando, and they work it into Lando's story so well, in my opinion. Lando points them toward another one of our MacGuffins, a Sith artifact that apparently turns out to be a dagger. This dagger has some sort of writing on it that C, uh, C-3PO can't decipher. And we're going to talk about the dagger here in a moment. So, like I said, this goes against what Bespin Bulletin said about the contact of it being Bulio. They said, like, the Resistance learns about the Sith artifact through Luke's notes that are found in the Jedi texts. And that they then head to Pisana to seek out a hermit Luke once knew. So, like, yeah, this is, it's all over the place. Yeah, that's kind of classic Star Wars where they just run it. I'm sure the informant was going to be some crazy, wacky alien that they were going to meet named Bulio. And yeah, it just, it seems like easy cuts to get more quick and concise and to the point. Yeah. Here we go. Let's talk about the dagger. And we'll go through what Jedi Paxis talks about with the dagger. I got a lot to talk about when it comes to this dagger. I initially thought the dagger was the way the wayfinder to the dagger was the way they were going to get to the fleet. But it seems like all of that is just right out in the open in the first 10 minutes of the movie now. Right. I don't really understand what the, the final MacGuffin is anymore that they're trying to get from one to the other. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that, man. We'll, we'll get to it all. We'll get to it all. Um, Jedi Paxis goes on to talk about, uh, the, um, the writing on the dagger, uh, is said to be a Sith language. Um, that description is pretty vague for me, but the key point is sound. Heroes find dagger. Dagger has writing on it. 3PO can't read it. Um, I also want to point out that there's a scene in the trailers where Ray is holding the dagger and you can see the dagger. And I actually showed you like in the new, you know, you, you guys saw that in the new trailer that was released, like Ray holding the dagger. But there, b- before that, in in one of the trailers, you could see there's a scene. It's the scene where uh, Ray and Kylo strike um, that pedestal at the same time they're in a lightsaber battle, and they strike yeah. that pedestal with Vader's mask on it. In Ray's other hand, she's holding the Sith dagger. Um, Jedi Paxis goes on to say, it's during our hero's time on Pasana, so we're on the desert planet that Kylo initiates a forced mind link between himself and Rey. Through their connection, Kylo discovers where Rey and the Resistance crew are and leaves to pursue them. Eventually, Kylo and the Knights of Ren arrive and begin to attack our heroes. One thing leads to another, and the Resistance crew gets outnumbered, and they are forced to make their escape on an old ship, leaving the Millennium Falcon behind. Kylo... recovers the Falcon and takes it back to his Star Destroyer. So Bespin Bulletin reports that they're saying that Chewbacca is left behind on the Falcon. Wow. Oh, wow. That was a a lot in those couple of sentences. Yeah. First thing that I picked up on there was he has the Knights of Ren back. Yeah. Yeah, that's from Jedi Paxis, and I, I, I don't know... I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know about that, man. I, is it, do the Knights of Ren go with him or is it just, or is it just stormtroopers? All I've heard from any other report that, it, that it's just stormtroopers, that it's just troopers there. So I don't know. Yeah. 
I know, man. Because obviously, again, it's another part of the the new the new mythology that we're all very interested in is the, mm-hmm. the Knights of Ren, and you know, apparently they definitely come back for sure. Mm-hmm. So I just want to know how they come back and what are you know who the fuck they are. Would right. be interesting as well. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it sounds like we're not getting much of the specifics of the Knights of Ren from the stuff I've read. Like even yeah, still, same as, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what are you going to do? They've got a lot to explain. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. So when Kylo Ren, there's a lot to figure out here, and I, I want to break it down um, <laughs> about this whole scene of Kylo Ren finding out where they are. Um, First off, with the Millennium Falcon, there's a battle, there's a struggle for the Millennium Falcon here between Rey and Kylo. So when Kylo does find Rey and Pisana, they fight. And I'm hearing there's like two or three lightsaber battles between Rey and Kylo. And that's from makingstarwars.net. I think Paxa said there was only one, but apparently there's like two to three. Um, well, that, that Paxus is talking at his ass because we've seen the fucking one on the uh, ocean planet that yeah, happens for but, definite, and we also yeah. see the one in that that artifact room as well. So that's two. But the problem, Correct. the thing. Well, hold on, it, that is the problem with that is it's actually the same battle, and I'll explain. I'll explain <laughs> all that here in a little bit. So that's what's weird. What's going on in this movie, and that has to deal with their force link. Is, is, and I'm not 100% sure if this is gonna, we'll break that down. Let, let me just leave it at that. We will talk about that, cause that shit is fucking interesting. So, um, Kylo does find Rey on Passan of the desert planet. They fight and they're struggling over the Falcon and they're using the Force. This is when, you know, they think that Chewbacca is on the ship and Rey is struggling using the Force trying to recover the Falcon. And there's a moment where she gets angry and she uses force lightning just like Palpatine. And it fucking, I think it like sets the Falcon on fire and we're led to believe, I believe in this moment, we're led to believe that Chewbacca dies. What? Wow. It's a total fake what? out. It's a total fake out though. Like oh, Another fake out. We're to- talking Arya Stark at the end of Game of Thrones in the... The sacking of the city where she blows up 19 times, but she's actually fine. <laughs> yeah. Like Chewbacca. Glenn under the dumpster style. This is, <laughs> yes. this is our second fucking fake out. This is our second fucking fake out on death. Like the, like, well, I don't, I, it might be the first in the movie chronologically, but we're just led to believe that Chewbacca dies. Chewbacca doesn't die. We're led to believe later, I guess, like Finn's dying and we'll talk about another character that apparently, um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, Jedi Paxis goes on to say, as previously mentioned, 3PO is confronted with a challenge he is not equipped to handle. So he, the artifact found on Pasana contains a language that 3PO can't translate without modifications. In order to modify 3PO's uh, programming, Poe brings the team to a wintry planet seen in the teaser, um, Kajimi. Um, there, C-3PO is modified to allow translation of the artifact i'm told that the modification is done by a small alien um possibly the one pictured in uh oh this is once the tr- translatable 
once translatable, the dagger supposedly reveals information regarding a second wayfinder. This one having belonged to Emperor Palpatine himself. They don't have the wayfinder yet. Um, Ray doesn't have Palpatine's wayfinder. Kylo at the beginning of the movie, I believe, has Vader's wayfinder. And this, this dagger is going to lead them to the second wave that has information about the second wayfinder. Um, this one having belonged to Emperor Palpatine himself leading the team to journey to the forest moon of Endor. There's a lot more I got to break down about this kind of this stuff uh, with the dagger, all this stuff. And I, I'm going to get into it here because like Jedi Pax just kind of speeds along through this stuff. And there's a lot more to this stuff that we really need to talk about to be quite honest with you. Um, as far as, yeah, this, yeah, note, as far, my sources tell me that the scene from the first look reel showing 3PO with red eyes connects to this event. The red eyes are part of the hack that allows him to translate the Sith language. Um, Mm. So, I'd like to know what the language is. I hope they tell us what it is because I'm really hoping it's like the like the Massasai or something like like the first kind of Sith Force users. Uh-huh. That would that'd be great because they're from like fucking you know the old Republic days, like years even before that. So that would be a nice little tip of the cap there. That'd be cool. Is the is the issue that it's so old? Three PO can't do it, or is it because it's so forbidden? It's forbidden. That's all that we know. It's forbidden. And so basically what they have to do is they have to back up C-3PO and then they put that back up into R2-D2. Yes. And then, Comedy ensues. And then, um, <laughs> and then from there with, I guess like 3PO is like a blank slate now, then they are able to, to do, and this is like that scene that we see where he's like, I just want to see my friends for one last time. Like, this is another fake out death here. Is that, yeah, 3PO is going to be gone forever. 3PO is going to, like, he's going to, you know, he's going to die here. And we're really led to believe that he's going to die in this moment and that he's not going to come back. They're going to have to destroy him or something like that. But apparently, like, of course, R2D2 has the backup. R2D2, you know, then uploads the backup into 3PO and he comes back. But when he comes back, I believe he comes back different because we've seen 3PO holding. Chewbacca's bowcaster. He doesn't have the red eyes anymore, so he's fine. He's holding the bowcaster, and I think he's going to battle with them. Some people believe that it's like, like I don't know. I don't honestly. I I personally think if I had it one way, I think that when 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 C three PO when his backup is inside R two D two, he's able to see how R2-D2 sees him and they're able to spend time together and talk and he sees R2-D2's bravery. And I think a little bit of that is going to bleed into his programming. That's my guess at the end of the day that yeah, R2- I love it. I like that. I love that too. I think that's a great idea. That's what I think is going to happen. And that's what I hope happens. So yeah. Do you think yeah. we'll hear 3PO's voice when 3PO is inside of R2-D2? Like 3PO and R2-D2 having a conversation no. inside of R2-D2? No, I think that we're just led to believe that he's dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're playing it like that. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think we're just supposed to believe that he's dead in that moment. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, do, do we know what the wayfinders are? Because obviously they're, you know, supposed to find the way to something. Yeah, I hear that. 
I hear that they're just like these these devices, and I, I think they look like kind of like a just like a triangle or something. Yeah, and it's just a, it's a device that just leads them, gives them coordinates or something. So <laughs> it's some real transformer sounding shit, Dan. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, all this stuff. I just want to know what the point of them is. It's like we need these wayfinders. The point is they're giant MacGuffins to lead from one MacGuffin to the other. It's it's stuff that it's stuff that it's stuff that <laughs> guys. It's it's not that different. It's it's stuff that Palpatine set up to get them in the places that they need to go. In order to the whole reason the wayfinder is used, in my opinion, I don't. I feel like um, there's these different. Like he he wants he wants Ray to find the Sith dagger. Like this is important. Yeah, it's she, a long con. Yeah, he wants Ray because he knows that Ray's going to find out things once with this Sith dagger that's going to make it easier to turn it to the dark side. You know, if that's what he wants to do, like I think that yeah. these, yeah, it's and it's I I still don't fucking know everything when it comes to like, <laughs> this stuff. I I, I, w- I will call bull. I mean, it's probably going to happen, but I'm going to straight out as a fan call bullshit on Ray shooting force lightning because that's something only dark dark side users can do. Uh, so that that's dude, crap. I don't. I I think it will happen. I 100 percent think it'll happen. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Dan. There's a lot that we find out about Ray in this movie. Also, oh, also, hold on. And before I don't want to jump ahead, but but in the last movie, there's that part where Luke is kind of like training her, and he's like, you know, um, there's that part where she like, um, she she's like in this like force Zen mind set or whatever and she's sitting on the rock and she goes straight into that black hole on octo mm-hmm. and luke was like you went straight to the dark side <laughs> <laughs> right 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 oh yeah fair point fair point yeah man i don't know dude i i, I really i do think i i do think that there will be a moment. I do. I think it'll happen. I think Ray will use Force Lightning like Palpatine here in this. She's yeah, going to fucking fart Force Lightning and that's going to be what <laughs> kills Chewbacca. <laughs> it's going to be very tragic, Dan. <laughs> oh, shit. Very tragic indeed. Oof. Oh, God. But I mean, uh, one thing I will say, um, which is I know a lot of people have complained about, about all these new films, is that they're all like, oh, you know, Luke took years to lift a rock or whatever yet all these other force users like kylo stopping fucking blasters in midair and ray shifting all those boulders at the end of the last jedi and stuff we're living in a time like in the real world where you all these sequels they have to be bigger and badder than like you know the last ones so you know Back in fucking eight in like the seventies and eighties, we were, we were amazed that Luke could like lift rocks and grab the fought the grab the lightsaber, which is stuff that Jedi's do all the goddamn time now. So you you have to ramp up these powers to keep the audience's kind of attention, especially older audience members. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to show them something they've never seen before. When we first saw Kylo stop the fucking blaster, I just I bashed oh, it. Oh yeah, it was, it was insane. It's and still it, fucking like, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's so fucking amazing. But and that's the thing. It's like we had that, but when and they're they're going even further with stuff like the Force Link and like really powerful Ray, really powerful Kylo, and people are getting annoyed. And I can't, I don't see why. It's like as an audience, you've got to, you know, they've got to kind of expand these powers and make them better, so we can go, whoa, fuck, look at that. Oh, yeah. God. 
I, I agree with Dan 100% with this stuff. Like the the force is like marijuana kind of. It's way better than it was in the 70s. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Or computer games. <laughs> Whatever. Pick your poison. This... So, yeah, I, I agree. Movies just got to, you got to, you can't just do the same old, same old. You're yeah. never going to surprise or wow audiences. Yeah. This next part, it's it's really confusing, and I'm trying to put everything in order, and it's going to be very difficult to talk about this. I'll do my best. It's basically, you know, we talked about the dagger. Like, how? Like, okay, so they got the dagger. Where did they get the dagger? They they had to get the dagger from this place on Pisana, and they're going for what's called uh, it's like Ochi's tomb, and so. Ochi, we'll talk about Ochi here in a moment. Ochi was, um, well, yeah, we'll talk about here, that here in a moment. I'm, I'm hearing that there's this scene when they're on Pasana and they're going for Ochi's tomb. This is where they and eventually find the dagger. That afterwards, there's this sand snake creature, and I think it's created some of the tunnels that they're going to be exploring while they're hunting for hunting for Ochi's tomb. And they get to Ochi's tomb, but like trying to get out of there, they get lost. They can't find their way out. And so I guess like this, I don't know where this sand snake creature comes into play here, but like maybe it attacks them, maybe it attacked them earlier, but Ray finds this sand snake creature, this worm, and it's the one that's been creating these tunnels and it's injured and Ray heals it through the force. And when she heals it, it creates a tunnel and they're able to find their way out of Ochi's tomb. Cause they have to get out of there soon because now Kylo and the stormtroopers have shown up to attack them. And they're yeah, lost. I like all this. This sounds super Star Wars with these sand snake creatures. I mean, it very much sounds like the reason they get lost is because these tunnels are shifting and being changed right then and there by these creatures. I mm-hmm. mean, cinematically, you can imagine the appearance of these creatures appearing out of nowhere as they see one go down a tunnel and, you know, shift or change the direction. Yeah, which would like explain. Top- go ahead, Dan collapsing like something they've already dug and then changing the direction so when they come out they can't go back the way they came because it's fallen in and there is no tunnel so they have to follow a different direction exactly yeah, that makes total sense exactly and and then with the healing of one it being able to get them out makes a lot of sense too I and mean, it's like the ultimate appreciation move yeah new force power as well you know like but it's nothing it's not new uh, in the comics like we said luke heal himself before like later on he managed to heal himself maybe it's something she learned from the jedi texts and jedis like historically have a very strong affinity with all living creatures like especially animals because you know they got them old reptile brains and shit so uh you know that yep fine with that yeah it's yeah, and we saw like Ezra Bridger had like a relationship with you know like kind of like a mental connection with animals and stuff like that in Rebels. So, yep. Um, this it, all this stuff about Ochi is very it's very difficult to kind of talk about. I'm going to do the best that I can here. Is apparently the dagger has a story itself. So 
Oh, I've got so much information on Ochi. Ochi was basically a Sith assassin that worked for the Emperor. And we find out that Luke and Lando back in the day went on this mission to find Ochi. Ochi was on a mission of his own from the Emperor. And in earlier drafts of the script, it was possible that they, you know, Luke... Um, and Lando were looking to find this guy who was like high up in the empire and bring him to justice for his crimes in other drafts. They're going after what he left behind. So he's already dead. They knew he was dead. They're going after the dagger. Um, I don't know what they end up ended up on. All we know is that Luke and Lando are going for the dagger in either scenario. So basically while Lando is off with Luke, that's when the empire swoops in and kidnaps Lando's daughter, Janna. And so now Lando has been on the planet on um, uh, the planet that they were on waiting for her to come back. So it's kind of like Ray's story of her staying on Jakku waiting for her parents to come back to get her. And so okay. that's what Lando's been doing. He's after, you know, he feels, you know, he went on this mission um it wasn't successful. They never did find Ochi. They never found the dagger. And um, and his daughter was kidnapped in that time. So Jason Ward of MakingStarWars.net believes that Ochi is tasked by Palpatine with killing Ray's parents. And that this is where it gets super confusing. And Ray's parents kill Ochi to protect Ray. But okay. I, yeah, dude, I've also heard that fucking Ochi is the one that ends up killing Ray's parents. Like, well, that would be way more likely than them killing him because he's a fucking Sith assassin. Well, they find him when they when they find him, he's dead. Right? Yeah. It was, well, so somebody somebody killed like did the Emperor kill Ochi at the end of the day just to like kind of like leave him there with the dagger for all this setup you know oh so they find him like in the in this tomb in where this collection is he's dead yeah Ochi's dead oh. the, the ship's there I think that they I think that they leave probably on Ochi's ship and like Ochi's ship is where they end up meeting the droid Dio okay and so wow. Yeah, it's it's that's where they're gonna meet Dio, that new like BB-8's like little buddy with it with the megaphone head or whatever. Um, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I cannot stop thinking about every time someone says Dio, all I think of is Ronnie James Dio, you know, the singer. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. Me too. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I just imagine it was like a terrible fucking mullet. It's crazy. Well, yeah, what's coming out of that bullhorn? Oh my god. <laughs> Later in the movie, when we are introduced to the droid factory, you know, with Babu Frick. And we've seen Babu Frick in the teaser trailers. Uh, I hear Dio gets upgraded and he might give them more information about some stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure what he gives them information on, but I don't know. The Ochi stuff is like really confusing. Um, what, what I would like, for them to do is that Ochi was in his little, you know, his little underground cave, and one of the sandworms came past and fucking collapsed his entry point. Yeah, and he just starved to death. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. He just dies there. Like we see, yeah, we see, like yeah, by all of his riches and oh, everything. I love <laughs> it. 
<laughs> I like that, dude. I really like that. Yeah. They are fitting in for a complete arsehole. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That is good. They talked about Ochi, um, like what he looked like. This was on um, Making Star Wars. Making Star Wars Net talked about this. They said um, he's a yellow-skinned reptilian human with tiny black eyes. They compared the eyes to Baby Yoda, but much smaller. Um, so yeah, that, and we, I guess we only see him in flashbacks. Not actually, like I think we only see him in like in in a in in a force vision. Yeah. So yeah, um, or dead. <laughs> could Ray potentially use a new power when she gets here to see what happened in the past to? I, I think it's it's I think it's all no no um like the vision that she gets it doesn't come from the dagger it comes from I think it comes from Kylo and I think I I forgot that in my notes let's actually you guys want to take a quick break and we'll come back yeah, sure. and we'll tackle sure. some of this dude this is it's it's very difficult because I'm I'm working with three different sources it's all crazy but this you're is, doing very well I'm trying I thank you I don't think yeah, so it's been great but I I thank you guys all right we will be right back <laughs> Guys, I don't even know if I still have a footing when it comes to all this Ochi shit, but I'm going to do my damnedest and give you some Ochi facts that I've been reading about. Um, they find out – this is from Bespin Bulletin. They, they find out that uh, Ochi was a Sith assassin. They uncover the wield the, – that he wielded a dagger, which has that Sith writing on it. Ray then details it was a Sith tradition for assassins to put secrets on their weapons. So they they can't read it. They they need C three PO to read it. He's unable to translate it because he's forbidden. His programming forbids it. Um, then it, making Star Wars says that Ray, Finn, and Poe go to meet a contact. The contact tells them that they know of a secret location in the beyond the outer rim where Palpatine has a secret location. Uh, when they get there, this guy Ochi has been murdered. And they find a blade. It has writing on it. And they see if C-3PO can translate it, he's forbidden. So they take him to this new planet, a snow planet, which will be introduced to Kajimi. And um, I might be pronouncing this wrong because we don't know the pronunciations of these planets until the movies come out. So I have no idea. But it, it sounds like it's Kajimi um, or Kill Jimmy. Uh, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> this is the snow planet. And this is where they meet Zori. Zori uh, and Poe have a past, and apparently they used to smuggle together, but I heard that they also were in a relationship together. And this is that actress, uh, that actor, uh, what's her name? She, she was in The Americans. Um, can't think of her name right now, and I apologize, but uh, this is the one playing Zori. We've seen her in uh, uh, the trailer. I believe we've seen her in a poster. She's wearing a helmet. You guys have no idea what I'm talking about right now, do you? 
Nope, I'm just no, trying was... to find a picture of her so I can see what she looks like. Yeah, yeah. I was doing the same. Uh, let's see here. Bestman Bulletin goes on to say, Ray attempts to warn her friends that the First Order knows of their location, but they are ambushed by a number of stormtroopers. Fortunately, they are rescued by Lando Calrissian. Uh, after fleeing to safety, Lando details that he and Luke were actually tracking down Sith relics and a character named Ochi. Ochi apparently has some significant knowledge regarding Wayfinders. Lando had tracked Ochi to Pasana but only discovered his ship there. I don't know how, I don't think that they ever found Ochi, the ship, the dagger, any of that stuff. But Lando, that sounds right, that Lando and Luke were tracking down Sith relics and they were, they were going after this dagger at one point. They never. Yeah, did, you, did you say the character's name was Zori? Zori, yeah, Z-O-R-I. Kerry yeah, uh, Ke- Russell. Kerry Russell, yeah. Is she the character with the helmet and the two guns on the poster? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Kind of like a, a Zam Westerlish bounty hunter character. She was a smuggler. I think. I think what we're hearing is that she was a smuggler at one time, and um, her and Poe used to be smugglers together, um, and they had a relationship at one time. Oh, she's like Poe's female Lando. Something like yeah, something like that. So, um, there's. She looks cool. Yeah, she does look really cool. Yeah, she looks great on the poster. And they made she's pretty big on the poster too, which makes you think she's gonna be pretty prominent. So we it's it's at this scene that they show they the stormtroopers show up with Kylo Ren. Um and and like they escape, but then Chewbacca is detained on the Falcon. So we talked about them meeting Zori, and that's where we'll pick up with the Jedi Paxis leaks. So he says Zori doesn't turn them in. That's a, I guess that's an issue. They were worried about that. They go to this, and this is on the snow planet. They go to this droid factory. They take C-3PO's essence and load it into R2-D2 for safekeeping. So C-3PO can now read the text on the blade, and it's Sith language. And when he does, his eyes glow red. They are told to go to the forest moon of Endor. It leads them to the Wayfinder device. Kylo Ren has a Wayfinder device. He has Darth Vader's Wayfinder device, and Rey finds Palpatine's. When she touches it to pick it up, she sees herself entering into the Emperor's chambers. So this is where we're seeing that image that we saw in the trailer of Sith Rey. Also, I heard that in that shot, you can see Rey wearing Leia's wedding ring. And I guess that's implying that she's like now with Kylo. So I don't know. Like it's, that's just an Easter egg. I don't think it's ever brought up in the movie, but if you look closely, I'm hearing that she's wearing Leia's wedding ring. I think it's just like an Easter egg or something. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I, and this is kind of along the lines where I assumed that the dark gray stuff was going to be just some crazy, what could have been flashback. It's a it's, flash forward. It's a vision. Yeah. It's a vision that she gets from this wayfinder and Kylo disrupts this vision and says, I've been looking for you. So this back to Jedi Paxis here during the events leading up to the modification, leading uh, during the events leading to the modification of three PO on the wintry planet, Kylo initiates another force connection between Ray, he and Ray Kylo supposedly supposedly uses this as an opportunity to begin forcing Ray down the path of darkness. He does this by antagonizing Ray Kylo tells her that he knows about the dagger and what it was once used for. Kylo apparently tells her that this dagger was used to murder Ray's parents. 
Kylo maintains that her parents are nobodies in the grand story. This angers Rey, and she lashes out at Kylo, and a lightsaber duel ensues. Rey is on Kijimi, and Kylo is on his Star Destroyer. According to my sources, no flashes of any additional locations are seen during this fight, possibly in the film at all, but we'll see. Ren keeps the link alive long enough to learn Rey's location and eventually uh, pursues her in his Star Destroyer like before. I'm hearing from MakingStarWars.net that how he is able to find her is that during that forced link, Ray is wearing a necklace and he grabs it off of her. This is all a forced link, guys, and I'm going to explain what? this. Yes, hold on. <laughs> this, he, he, and, okay, this is all in a forced link. He sees this necklace. He goes out to grab for her, grabs the necklace, rips it off of her, and is left with the necklace. Now we saw this happen. This kind of stuff happen when they use the Force Link in the in the Last Jedi. Isn't there a scene where like they touch hands, and her hands like wet, or like his hands wet after they yes. touch hands? Yeah, it's a physical. It's a physical link. It's a physical link. And like what we're going to find out in this movie is, and I might have more detailed notes about it as we, yes, here we go. I'm going to talk about this right now. But basically he pulls that necklace off of her. He gets it analyzed by his, um, by the science officers or somebody on the Star Destroyer. Uh, and they find out that it matches the the fashion of necklaces that are found on the planet Pasana, like it matches up in their records of like what people would wear on Pasana, and that's how he's able to locate her. That's how they show up to Pasana. So Kylo, wow. yeah. So making Star Wars that net goes on to say Kylo tells her that her parents sold her to protect her. She then, through the Force connection, sees what Kylo knows. Whatever he's seen about her past, she's now able to see it for herself. And she sees her parents being murdered, and the knife with the Sith inscription is seen in the vision. It's what killed her parents. So that dagger is what killed her parents. So during the Force Connection, this is what I'm hearing. So during these Force Connections, they can now move physically through space to where the other one is. Like, this isn't confirmed, but there's a scene in The Last Jedi where, like, like I, I talked about where they, where they touch hands. And if one is in one place, the other can move to that space. Like, this is not confirmed, but this is what sources are saying. And this is why I'm saying, like, when they, when, 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 when they strike down, when they're having that lightsaber battle, it's how they end up on Kajimi. Yeah, just all over the place. It's what makes probably it just extremely dynamic and right. a different lightsaber battle. It's they're following each other through like the force space. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and they, they definitely have had foreshadowing to this, and it it feels a lot less just made up on the spot than say the stuff we were. T- I forget the name of it. The the link that they were calling it, it was started with the, the dyad, the force. Thank dyad. you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, this sounds a lot more natural and like you know built into the story than that did, and it doesn't. I, I don't. I don't mind this idea. Yeah, Dan, any thoughts on this, man? I know it's confusing. Shit, way fucking out there, man. Yeah. Uh, 
but I mean, I mean, I don't actually remember Kylo's hand being wet after the thing, but I'm pre- I'm ninety five percent sure that you're right that he does sort of look at his hand and there is like rain on it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, you know, foreshadowing again, like was said earlier, man, like new new sort of uh, force powers and things like that. And if this is a uh, something special that only happens once every however many thousand years, you know. I'm okay with it. They, <laughs> they say it, it happens once every generation. So it's like maybe like every once every 20 years. And so like that's why I'm thinking oh. – that's why I think some people are thinking like maybe that there's this special connection between Baby Yoda and Anakin because they were born around the same time in The Mandalorian. So like I don't know yeah. if that's ever going to play out. And like like when we see in this movie, when we see Rey heal um, that sandworm, like I personally think that – we, my cat is playing with a toy right now. Yeah, but, we can hear him. <laughs> but uh, and I'm not, and I'm not going to stop him because he's having fun. But um, that's why in the Mandalorian, in, in one of those episodes, it looks like Baby Yoda is going to heal the Mandalorian. In that, I think it was the second episode. It looks like he's going to heal him. I think like they were, they they might introduce that healing into the Mandalorian before they introduce it into this or vice versa. But it seems like that's where they were going. Yeah. That's cool. It makes sense too. Cause they knew the exact release dates of these episodes of Mandalorian in this movie for them to be able to do that. Like flip flop of showing us something new for the first time, whichever way, which yeah. one shows first. Right. Yeah. I heard that. Isn't it episode? I think it's episode seven of the Mando. Ooh, let's not spoil it for me. Let's give it. Definitely well, give a spoiler tag. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen it. So okay. I just heard that episode seven, cause we're on what, like four now, five, something like that. We're going to do that. Yeah. We're actually going to. Um, delay the release of that episode to coincide with the rise of Skywalker because they, it ties in somehow. Okay. Huh? So that, yeah, so there might be something sounds like there's something in the Mandalorian that is going to link up to the rise of Skywalker. So they're going to drop it either the same day or like the day after the, the film comes out wild you know and you explaining brian that we're going to see them physically be able to push items and themselves through the link that they have even more makes sense why they would cut out all the diatribe with naming it an explanation because it really doesn't even become subtle at that point like you once you're seeing them physically move through the space to each other and objects you kind of get the gist right yeah do, do we need to spell yeah. it out it seems yeah. like they are spelling it out at that point yeah show show don't tell you know one of the number mm-hmm. one rules of filmmaking show it you don't have to fucking explain everything you can let the audience figure it out for themselves and, 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 if, and if the, that's the way that it goes with the ripping of the necklace i think that's a good that's a good story beat and there yeah, and, and it, it seems very exp- like you can see the dynamic between these two characters it's not like that came out of anywhere either and they're, yeah. and they're, and they're, like, this link is, like, not something that was manufactured by Snoke. We're finding that out in this movie. That it's, it's like, this is a link that they have with one another. I like this better, honestly. I always thought, I mean, I, I didn't disregard the Snoke thing, but I always thought that was, like, oh, it was a trick to make, cause it, if it was a trick, it really made Snoke look even worse than he already looked. Like, the whole yeah. thing just basically caused his own death. Yeah, and also, oh, you're so powerful that you can link these two people together, but you just get murdered immediately. It's like, yeah, having it already set up as a thing, which is kind of inherent in inherent between them, 
I think that's a much better way to go than having Snoke the Weasley dying clone sort out. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I like it. I like it a lot better. Um, let's jump into Bespin Bulletin talking about, we'll get back to Zori Bliss. Yeah, Zori Bliss, uh, played by Kerry Russell and Oscar Isaac's Poe Dameron. Apparently, the two were spice runners and Poe still owes her some money. A fight breaks out and Ray subdues Zori Bliss and takes them, yeah, and then takes them, Zori Bliss takes them to the droid wizard Babu Frick. From there, Poe and Zori reminisce about their spice running days. She eventually hands over a First Order security medallion that will allow them to get through security. But when asked to join the resistance, she refuses. All right, so that's that's more details about her. I think, yeah, man, it, it seems like Bespin Bulletin had a lot more information uh, than Paxis did on uh, on Zori. Which is interesting stuff. Jedi Paxis goes on to say, once Kylo arrives, our gang of heroes decide to sneak aboard and attempt to recover the Falcon prior to leaving. The rescue plan goes awry, and the whole group gets captured by the First Order. It's at this point that two major things happen. It's revealed that Hux is the First Order mole. This is bullshit. That Hux is the First Order mole that has been feeding the Resistance information, and he allows the heroes to escape with Kylo. I do not believe this at all. I don't know. The only thing that makes me think it, it's not too far off kilter because by the time you get to the last Jedi, I mean Hux is almost like a joke of a character. This, I don't this buy seem like it. Too far fetched of the next step. This is kind of like he's the first order mole that's been giving. I think it's Lando that's just been giving them information. Um, yeah, but where's Lando getting it from? That's the thing. Well, Lando. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just it just seems like Hux after his like fucking nazi speech that he had in the force awakens and he blows up you know the all the different uh planets um that were the um oh god i can't think of the the all the planets that were part of like the new yeah with the i know what you're talking about at the finale of uh force awakens like the resistance planets yeah the galactic uh can't remember what they call them but yeah um it's been four years. You don't have to yeah. remember everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they didn't do a good job of cementing the planets in Force Awakens. That's for sure. See, it, it's just it, after that speech and after killing them, I just can't. I don't know if I see him flipping. Just I, your logic yet. makes total sense. Like, but it just seems like they really backed away from that in the next movie. Just with the really all they did with Hux was the jokey, you know, pose or yeah. Poe Dameron stuff over the intercom and they just kind of made him look like a clown. So well, it was seem like the next next step for him in that movie. It's basically you've got, you know, Kylo and Huck showing up talking to Snoke at the same time. And they're kind of like the two children and the dad is saying, like, you did a bad job and you suck. And Huck's kind of like walks out of that, you know, Snoke's uh, uh, hologram chamber there with a smile on his face, knowing that Kylo failed him. You know, and like there's that there's that constant battle between those two. And I don't know if that's what's going to push Hux into being the mole for the First Order. But I don't know yeah. if I like it. I don't know. I just don't know if I like it. If it does. Yeah, I don't happen. need a Hux redemption turn. I agree with you there. I don't really like it very much either. No, I'm just, you know, I don't know, man. It's it. 
I mean, going back and looking at the films, and by the end of the Last Jedi, he's he's essentially just Kylo's bitch from that point. And like Jake was saying, he's a bit. It just seems like a bit of a joke. So maybe that that's enough reason for me to believe that he would turn. But also, I, I just I don't know. You could have had someone else being the mole, maybe yeah. just using it because they don't need to bring in like another character or something. Yeah. The mole is Captain Phasma back to life. <laughs> <laughs> Jedi Paxis, this is more information about the duel between Kylo and Rey. And he goes on to say, during the duel, Kylo adds another wrinkle to Rey's backstory. We talked about, like, um, you know, her parents being nobodies. Um, he maintains that while her parents are nobodies, her grandparents, more specifically her grandfather, wasn't. Kylo tells Rey that she is the granddaughter of Palpatine. This explains his interest in bringing the random nobody from Jakku into the fold. The crew recovers the Falcon. Rey reconnects with them, and they all flee. So, MakingStarWars.net backs this up that she's uh, she's a Palpatine, and that she's told here by Kylo. Um, Jason Ward. Yeah, I guess we can talk about that before we jump into it a little bit more. But yeah, like, that makes me believe that like maybe the Sith lightning scene is just kind of like a, you know. Foreshadowing, foreshadowing of reveal it, yeah. there, yeah, yeah, and I mean, even so far as her her style as well of uh, lightsaber combat, yeah, that's very very similar to Palpatine's style when he's when he does use it when he's like up against Mace Window and people like that. It is very very similar, and that's something that other people have noticed, like in YouTube videos and stuff. That's why most people that kind of look at the kind of like the styles of fighting. Uh, in a lot more detail, that's why we've all been convinced that she's a Palpatine from what where Force Awakens, really. So it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people thought that she was a Skywalker. A lot of people also thought that she was a Solo too. I think they left it open until they knew what they were going to do in this movie. Yeah, I don't think they had to decide. I don't think they were thinking that much ahead. I mean, well, it'd be awesome if they were. Uh, Colin Trevorrow did not. They wanted him to make her a Palpatine. And Colin Trevorrow and his him and uh, the other guy that were working on the script, they were not going to have the Emperor in that version at all. So she was not going to be a Palpatine um, in the Trevorrow um, film. So, yeah. So is Trevorrow and Trevorrow different people? No, just I don't know how to pronounce that motherfucker's name. Okay. <laughs> so I just thought you said that in the first version, he wanted her to be a Palpatine, and then when someone else came in and started working on the script, they changed it so she wasn't. No, they they uh, Lucasfilm was pushing. What I'm hearing is that Lucasfilm was pushing for the Emperor to be in the in the third film, and that in the original Colin um, Trevorrow draft of the movie that he was not the big bad in that movie. And they really wanted him to be, they wanted the, the emperor to be the big bad in that movie. So like, if that's the case, if, if the emperor's not in there, like, are we going to find out that Ray was a Palpatine in that? Like, it's possible, but like, I've heard that it, that wasn't being worked into the story. Oh, I see. Okay. Gotcha. Um, that could be one of the big story beats that led to the whole getting rid of him in the first place for all we know. Yeah, they didn't like the writer that they had on there. And so, I mean, he, it's the same writer that he used for, like, um, you know, the 
the Jurassic World movie. They didn't like the writer. They wanted him. They wanted to fire that writer, bring on a different writer. He was like, nope, this is my guy. And then there was like this big kind of like, well, I'm not going to leave the project until, you know, you let me go. And yeah, the rest is history. So that's where yeah. we got Jason. Yeah. So we find out Razor Palpatine. Do yes. we find out like who her parents are and stuff, where she comes from oh, in this scene? Not enough. Like there was more. And they've pulled it out, they've pulled it back. They've pulled it back a lot. Um, Jason Ward from making Star Wars that night, he speculates that Ray's father is going to be played by Matt Smith. We've heard that Matt Smith's going to be in this movie. At first we were like, oh, is he playing the Emperor? When we found out the Emperor, mm-hmm. was he going to play like an officer within like the First Order? Um, Jason is speculating that Ray's father is going to be played by Matt Smith. Now there's nothing to back any of this up, but he also speculates that Palpatine's son was nothing like his father, nothing like Palpatine. He wanted nothing to do with any of it. He he wasn't very he wasn't force sensitive as far as we know. And he just kind of like uh took off and and did his own thing. He met a woman, they settled down, they had Ray. Somewhere along the line, Palpatine learns that Ray is force sensitive or that she has the potential to be a powerful Sith if if she's trained. And now Palpatine's son wants to keep her safe and sells her to Ankar Plutt. And then somewhere along the line, he's murdered by Ochi by, you know, with, with the, with the Sith dagger, like her parents are murdered and then buried in a, in a pauper's grave by Ochi. Um, there's versions where like Ochi is there and he's going to, I don't believe this is the case. Like Ochi is going to murder the parents murders the parents, but then sees like this little girl and can't kill the girl. And then Ochi is the one that sells the, that sells her to Ankar Plutt to keep her safe. Like, um, and I don't know because like, is Ochi's ship, the ship that they fly away from, um, when they're on Pasana, it, it kind of like, maybe it is, Maybe it looks like the same ship that flew away from Jakku when Ray was dropped off, but I'm not buying that. I don't, I, I'm not gonna get into like this. I don't think Ochi's that fucking important in the story, to be quite honest with you. No, I agree. Less is more with this Ochi character. It's, it's a concept and character we're introducing in the last of the trilogy where mm-hmm. we have to wrap up 15 plus other characters in. I, I don't buy it either. Yeah. So I, I think like basically it's just like, Ochi kills her fucking parents, and then that's it. Ochi fucking goes to Pasana and fucking gets lost in those tunnels and dies or some shit. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> I think J.J. Abrams has moved it to where it's Palpatine is her grandfather to still respect and honor the Ryan Johnson beat that her parents are nobodies, and in the grand fashion of her parents being nobodies, it, it kind of really doesn't matter like what happened to him. Right. Well, we just know that he has to die. He has to leave the dagger there and the ship's there. And that dagger is left there purposely for Ray to eventually find it. And it's all, it's all kind of like this elaborate setup. Yeah. The long con by Palpatine right. to get what he wants, new apprentices and power to rejuvenate and rule. Yeah. Right. So basically, you know, following like this 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 force link this battle 
aboard the Star Destroyer and escape on the Falcon. Ray uses the newly gleaned information resulting from 3PO's modifications and the translation of the dagger to travel to Endor. So now we're going to Endor. So the dagger, when Ray travels to Kefvir, um, Kefvir is a moon. Uh, it's one of Endor's moons. And I've heard from the Bespin Bulletin and other sites that while on Kefvir, we will see Ewoks. Um, yeah. They will not join in on the fight, but there will be a quick cameo of Ewoks in the film. And that wicket will uh, be one of them. We will see making Star Wars that not had a picture of uh, Warwick Davis, and he's looking. At, he's in an Ewok suit, and he's looking at the wicket suit, like the wicket, like mask, and and he, he's. It's not Warwick Davis as a kid. It's like a fully adult Warwick Davis. So like, yeah, this. I think we're gonna get just a shot. On Kefvir of the Ewoks, they're not going to join in on the battle. They're just going to kind of like fucking. We're going to get like a quick cameo of, of Wicket here. Yeah, that's what the red stormtroopers are for. They don't trip over Ewok strings and get beat by rocks, <laughs> right? <They're> just, <laughs> the Ewoks are no good. Um, yeah, this that's exciting. I love seeing the Ewoks again. I can't wait to hear John Williams revisit Endor with a few mm-hmm. new Endor themes. I, that yeah. really excites me. I, yeah, I love this stuff. So yeah, bring on the Ewoks. Yeah. Uh, okay. So when Ray gets to Kefvir, they have the dagger now, but they kind of don't know what to do. So Ray finds out at the bottom of the dagger drops out, and that's where Ochi used to hide his weed. Nice. I'm kidding. I'm totally. But she finds no. The bottom of the dagger does drop out, and I guess this is what doesn't make sense to me. Is that a compass falls, uh, a compass inside, there's a compass inside that falls out. But like when you're looking at that, like that picture from the trailer, it looks like she's just holding up the dagger and she's lining it up with something because like I hear that she holds it up over the ocean and it fits perfectly. The shape fits perfectly with the Death Star remains. And Jason, Jason Ward described it like that scene in Goonies, like, you know, where he's holding the medallion and it, he's looking at the rocks and it all lines up and it, points to the area where she needs to go so like i don't know if it's like if like there's like if she touches something at the bottom of the dagger and it changes the shape of the dagger to like or if it's just there all along and she just maybe the thing that pops out is a piece that needs to be attached to the dagger potentially you know what i'm saying don't like this at all. <laughs> but when you're looking when you're looking at that picture that I sent you guys from you know from the from the trailer, like she's like yeah. lining it up at the ocean, and it looks like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It looks like there's like a couple divots in the knife that are probably yeah. matching up with the what, what she's seeing in the ocean there in the water at Kefvir, which is this, yeah. it's probably lined up perfectly with the Star Destroyer. Yeah, you see that bit I don't mind. That's fine. With I, the I, Death Star, I, Death Star. I'm sorry. That bit I'm totally okay with. It's the just suddenly finding a comfort on <laughs> the thing. That is that shit. It's like <laughs> it's like if you're gonna write all your secrets on a dagger in and untranslan um, untranslatable language, just fucking write it on the dagger. Don't have a secret compartment that Ray 
finally just stumbles across. Have it written on the goddamn dagger, <laughs> and then they'll be, you know, they could be like stuck and and they don't know, like they've gotten to this particular location, and then she holds it up and she goes, "Oh shit!" and then it lines up. That would be fine, but this random ass. Why would she never fucking found the compass? It's so stupid. I don't like it either. Yeah, she got yeah. really lucky. I don't. <laughs> yeah, clearly. I don't know. I don't know if the bottom of the dra- the dagger drops out and there's this compass. Like why? Like <laughs> I hope not. I th- I think yeah, please no. I think that she just holds the knife up, man, and it just matches. You know, yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I'm yeah. hoping that like, the inscription is directions to a particular location, and they figure out when she like. You know, as you do, you're trying to figure out a puzzle, and she holds it up, and she goes, "Oh fuck!" And then it, you know, it's the same. That's totally fine with that. Having them find the next bit of the story on a total random <laughs> shit thing would just—I'll be like, "Oh god!" Just throw my hands up in the cinema, getting all annoyed. So a lot of this is like the rest of this is I'll just jump into it the way that it is here because like I don't I think like one of the duels that they have starts like on a Star Destroyer and then it ends up here on Kefvir and like they're having a but I don't know I don't know that a hundred percent so like I said like they're moving through space I don't know what that's gonna look like if it's just gonna look like what we saw in the Last Jedi where like you know all of a sudden like she's seeing like where he is he's seeing where she is and the next thing you know they're in the same space i don't you know what i mean i don't know how that's going to work but anyway i guess they on this planet they're having this duel and we've seen this duel of them on like the death star remains having this fight and this is from jedi paxis jedi paxis goes on to say naturally they fight the specifics of this duel are unknown to me but what i've been told about it is that it's at this point when ray begins to tap into some hatred to gain the upper hand and eventually defeats kylo uh note possibly destroying his lightsaber in the process but that's more rumor than leak at the moment i don't think she does i think that there's another scene in this where kylo does something with that lightsaber but anyway, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. I think it's that, that later scene. I think yeah, that's exactly. So she's leaving him for dead on the wreckage of the Death Star. Ray takes possession of Palpatine's Wayfinder and leaves. I I don't know about that. Anyway, my sources tell me that the Dark Ray moment seen in the D23 footage is, in fact, a vision. We talked about that earlier. This apparently is a short sequence that happens right after Ray picks up Palpatine's Wayfinder. We did talk about that. Uh, while laying in the, while lying in the wreckage of the Death Star, weakened state, Kylo Ren reportedly sees a vision of his father. Note, uh, it's unclear to me if Han appears as a bona fide ghost or just through the magic of injury induced, induced hallucinations. Uh, but this interaction supposedly acts as Kylo's come to Jesus moment. Han tells Kylo that it's never too late to change, and when he leaves Endor, he leaves not as Kylo Ren, but as Ben Solo. Um, this duel is critical tipping point for Rey as well. I'm told that in the wake of her confrontation with Kylo, she takes the Wayfinder and flees to Octo to collect her thoughts. Her mindset is reportedly uh, mirrors Luke's while he was there prior and during the events of The Last Jedi. The vision of a possible dark future for herself in conjunction. Fact that she nearly killed Kylo scared Ray in the same way that considering killing Ben in his sleep scared Luke many years prior. She feared the path she was headed down and decides to swear off the Jedi, exiling herself on Octo. 
I don't know about this stuff. I think the Octo stuff, well, I'm going to jump back into Jedi Paxis stuff here, but I think like, I think the Octo stuff from what I've been hearing is just a flashback to, 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 to Luke and, and, and Ray on Octo. That, that's, and I'll talk about that flashback later. I think I, I do have that in my notes, but I think this yeah. is. I agree with that. You don't have enough time to properly display Ray isolating herself away from everything and trying to hide on Act Act Two. I don't think in no, I, I, the I, middle of the second act here. That's sure, a lot. I just think what happened here with maybe with Jedi Paxis is like he's hearing this. This is legit information he's hearing from a source, and the source is not telling him like where this is happening in the story. Like, is this and not clearly not telling him if this is a flashback or not because like he's inserting this into the story as like her going to octo and exiling or exiling herself which like this does not sound to me like it's going to happen in the movie i think like i think i've heard that there's a a flashback where she does go where we're, we're back on octo and it's with her and training with luke and i have that in my notes and i'll talk about that here in a little bit i think i have it in my notes but um Anyway, this Paxis stuff goes on to say, Ray scuttles the ship she used to get there just like Luke once did, and she caps it all off by casting Anakin's reconstructed lightsaber toward her ship. Just when it looks like the Jedi Order is going to end, the specter of Luke Skywalker appears to Ray, holding her discarded lightsaber and does what all good force ghosts do, gives our hero the resolve to do what needs to be done finish the work Luke began over 30 years earlier and put an end to the Emperor for good. According to my source, Luke passes on Leia's lightsaber to Rey. Note, I don't know where it came from, where it's been all this time, or how Luke is able to give it to Rey, but what I can tell you with only about 50% confidence at this point is that Leia's blade is supposedly blue. Bolstered by her conversation with Luke, Ray takes Leia's lightsaber, transmits the location of the Sith fleet to the Resistance before heading out herself. Now, I don't know about any of this. I do think that she does get a hold of Leia's lightsaber somewhere within this film, though. I think that that does happen. Yeah. Have you have you read the the notes that you sent me as well, the one that was on Reddit? Uh, because they go into that in a bit more detail. At the end of the movie and then also through with uh, the confrontation with uh, Kylo and the Emperor and all that stuff? Uh, actually how she finds how they get Leia's lightsaber. Ooh, go ahead, get into that, man, because I they, maybe I didn't maybe I didn't see that. Basically when Luke kind of, you know, like bolsters her faith and everything and says that, you know, she has to go and fight, he directs her or walks her, you know, they walk around just like Ben Kenobi did, and then they go to his hut and it's kind of hidden in the hut somewhere, like in the stonework or in a box or something. And he's had it like since Leia stopped training. And then she finds it and she takes that instead. Oh, okay. So he's kept it with him all this time from when Leia stopped training with him, like when Ben was, uh, when she was pregnant with Ben. Wow. So she, as, 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 uh, as her master, you know, she handed over the lightsaber, said, I'm done. You know, I'm going to be a mum. And, uh, and he sort of took it and just kept it. You know, I mean, why wouldn't you? He would keep it. So, yeah, maybe like uh, yeah. just in the hopes that maybe like Leia would one day, you know, want to come back to the to the Jedi Order, you know? Yeah, exactly. But that was that was what I read on the Reddit thread, and uh, that seems a lot more likely than him force ghosting it out of nothing and giving it to her. So, yeah, I think that's that's probably what happens. But I, again, man, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't I don't like this whole. 
Ray fucking off and yeah, you know, exiling yeah. herself. She she knows what's what's happening. Like all the resistance know that there's this huge, you know, Sith fleet. So what? She's just gonna take herself out of the equation. She's yeah. like the most powerful resistance fighter. She's gonna fucking buck it all off because she had a little bit of an inkling that she might want to kill Kylo. That just doesn't sit right with me. It's, I, it's good for her character. Yeah, I don't think I. I honestly think like it, it's it's one of those things where Jedi Pax has heard about this scene and the source didn't know that this was a was a flashback to Octo and her training with. Uh, you know, with Luke. Yeah, it just it sounds very it just sounds very very out of character. Yeah. I am annoyed that she won against fucking Kylo again. <laughs> I'm just I'm waiting for her to lose against this fully trained fucking Sith Lord, but it doesn't sound like it's ever going to happen. <laughs> it's like oh, she just kicks his ass every fucking time. Jedi, oh dear. Jedi Paxis goes on to say on the subject of Force Ghosts, Luke's make Luke makes another appearance or, uh, around the time of Rey and Kylo's Crisis of Faith. Uh, back at the main resistance base, Leia is on her deathbed. Uh, my source describes it to me like Yoda's death in the Return of the Jedi. Nothing bad happened. It was just her time to go. Luke has, uh, Luke has to come, Luke has come to say goodbye. But before it all ends for Leia, he has one final lesson for her. So, um, Jedi Paxis goes on to, to, uh, so yeah, basically we're going to get the de- the death of Leia here. Um, Luke shows up to say goodbye to Leia. Has one final lesson for her. I'm guessing if if it, it, that one final lesson is to how to come back as a as a Force ghost. And it sounds like you know like her Jedi training. She wanted to um, after she did it for a year with Luke. And then being reintroduced, well, being introduced to Rey, she really wanted to get back into her Jedi training. And, like, just having Rey around kind of, like, reignited that for her, that she really did enjoy it, but she felt it was the right time to be a mother to, you know, and just be a general and not 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 go around and fight with lightsabers and stuff. So, um, yeah. It's. It sounds like she was wanting to get out back. It's never. You're never too old to get back on the Jedi path. Apparently. So I mean. Yeah. No. No. no, no. It's like college. You're never too old. Yeah. No. Definitely. And um, it's not the first time it's happened either. Ben Kenobi learned it from Qui Gon Jinn's Force Ghost as well. That's how he learned. He was taught by Qui Gon's Force Ghost. So. Right. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So. Jedi Paxis goes on to talk about um, the final act of the film and how it's structured. He says, uh, Ray leaves Octo and travels to the Sith fleet in the unknown regions. Eventually, the resistant fleet arrives and battle ensues. Somehow, Ray finds her way to the Emperor who has been waiting for her. Palpatine confirms that what Kylo told her was true. Apparently, after his defeat at Death Star 2, Palpatine was shaken by the fact that he wasn't able to maintain his hold on Vader or seduce Luke to the dark side um, due to their familiar bond. Um, during the course of their conversation, Palpatine makes reference to this bond between Vader and Luke and likens it to his bond with Rey, hoping that whatever familiar uh, connection they have will be enough to win her over and become as strong as that of the Skywalkers. Note what my source described Next feels very reminiscent of Return of the Jedi. Rey is trapped in the Emperor's throne room, watching two opposing fleets battle 
while she is help why she is helplessly gazes onward. Um, yeah, the, this is very different from the stuff that I'm hearing from Bestman Bulletin and making starwars.net. This is what I'm hearing from Bestman Bulletin upon arriving at Exegol and encountering Palpatine. Ray is about to strike him down. However, she senses Ben Solo losing a fight with the Knights of Ren. She initiates a force bond. And see, here's the whole thing. There's this moment in this where we talked about earlier, you know, um, Kylo having a, either, a, I don't know, man, a vision of his father, something where his father's like, you know, it's the redemption. Like this is the story of redemption where, where he's like, I'm done being Kylo Ren. I am now Ben Solo. I can be the hero. It's never too late. And there's a scene in this movie where he, where like fucking Kylo Ren is, doesn't want Palpatine to kill Ray or turn her to the dark side. I think it's to turn her to the dark side. And he throws down his lightsaber, his red lightsaber, and he's fucking going to fight the Knights of Ren with nothing. He's, yeah, he's going to fight him with nothing. Like, you know, and she initiates a force bond and passes a lightsaber to him during this. Cause she yeah. sees him losing a fight with the Knights of Ren here. And then she does like, we know that they have this physical force bond link and she passes a lightsaber to him. That allows him to defeat the Knights of Ren. And I hear that he gets fucked up during this fight. Like, fucked up to, mm-hmm. to the brink of death. Like, um, I think, I think Jason Ward was talking to somebody like in the makeup department or somebody. There was, somebody said like, like that, that he looks beat up bad like he's on the brink of death and ray uses her force powers to heal him like she healed the sandworm earlier in the movie oh okay because he's like on the brink of death so um yeah from what i read he she i know you're saying you just said that like she's gonna strike the emperor down but then is distracted by kylo that's nearly dying outside yeah um the other, the, the, another one that, that I saw as well, that she, um, she's in serious trouble and then senses him outside and gives him the lightsaber, which I think, I mean, the different sources say different things, but some people have said that he gives, she gives Kylo Leia's lightsaber and other people say that she, she's the one that uses Leia's lightsaber. I would fucking cream in my goddamn pants if she gave Kylo his mum's yes. then yeah. he fucking tore these motherfuckers apart. That would be so damn cool and that's, so poetic. That's so good. I love that, dude. I fucking yeah. love that, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that That's fucking honoring the original trilogy like you wouldn't believe. I'm tearing up just thinking about it. I know. That's so <laughs> but, cool. But yeah, no, I, I cannot wait for that scene. Because apparently he comes in and he's just fighting the Knights of Ren with the Force. That's what I've read. Um, but yeah, they do get the better of him. Ray helps him. I did, I missed the healing bit though, but that would make total sense is that he gets through, comes into the throne room and then she does heal him. That yeah. would be great. Now, apparently this is what Bessemer Bulletin is saying that Palpatine's plan was. They say like 
you know, she passes a lightsaber onto him. Kylo Ren's supposed to die. Like, he, like, like Palpatine wanted Kylo Ren to fucking die here at the hands of the Knights of Ren. And mm-hmm. his plan was to have Rey actually kill him and take over the Empire. This is what Bespin Bulletin is saying. However, he also had a contingency plan to drain the force from both Rey and Ben Solo to rejuvenate himself. I would think that this was, this would have been his plan from the get. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the more power, the better. Yeah, I would say that I would say that probably the draining would be plan number one, and then maybe Kylo getting killed maybe it'll make it easier for him to turn Ray. I don't know, but that maybe maybe like Kylo dying was the contingency plan, and him siphoning off all their power was plan A. It's like it's well, it's I don't just, know. It's it's a just fucker. Well, it just seems maybe he like, only needs Ray because of the lineage issues. Yeah, it's Kylo's just useless, and his power's useless to him. Well, n- not to not to drain him. Like if we're if we're still going, like if they're drain if he's draining both of their power, and we're still like they're not going directly with like this force dyad. They're not necessarily saying it, but if he's draining both of their powers, and he he needed them together, I think he needed them together to for her to strike him down at when it all is said and done just to strike that would coincide with her vision that she would have to turn evil and have to do a dastardly deed to be able to fully embrace what the emperor wanted i mean that would make sense with the wayfinder flash forward too yeah so 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 ray has to strike down palpatine and then but i i I don't know he just seems like a such a snake that he would want all the power it's one of those things like that's probably why palpatine didn't he wasn't the one um, training Kylo from the beginning, he had Snoke do it because he knew that like that's the Sith way. Like, I'll just have fucking Snoke through me, my puppet, my proxy, training Kylo. Because if it was me, he'd probably just fucking kill me. So like, yeah. well, yeah, yeah, and and the death thing is so golden for him. Like having the whole galaxy think he's dead is too precious to waste on Kylo knowing that he's alive. Yeah, just a quick question: Do they ever have we ever found out how? Palpatine survived the Death Star. Is that ever mentioned in anything that you've seen? It's yeah, I've I've heard people talk about it. It's it's one of those things where he just kind of he does explain it at the beginning of the movie how he survived. He never died. Apparently, is like he just never died. And I don't okay. know. <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna get. You know, it's one of those things like they they're not a hundred percent sure of how how he survived, but he just he just never died. And I yeah, don't know. see, I, I'm hoping for clones. That's what I've been hoping for. That makes sense to me. We've seen it before in the comics. Him falling down the fucking reactor and exploding and not dying—that is dumb as shit. I do not want that to be what happens. You'll find out in the Return of the Jedi special, 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 special edition <laughs> that he actually landed in a bouncy castle when he got thrown down there. Yeah, I do not that would I do not want that to happen. This is the thing, man. It like the Kylo fight, that sounds fucking awesome. I cannot wait to see that. And Ray helping him, that's gonna be sick as well. From this point on, everything that I've read, I absolutely despise. Like from this point on, it's I everything sounds shit. If this is how they're gonna end it, I'm gonna be seriously annoyed. Well they say I think making Star Wars Net is saying that uh he does start to drain them. 
Yeah. And then instead of looking like the old man in bed, he's the Palpatine that we remember from seeing from the original trilogy. And he's wearing new clothes, a black cloak um, with these uh, red lines in it. So I guess it matches up kind of like with he's matched up fashion wise with his fashion <laughs> forward, fashion forward Palpatine. I buy it. He looked he had good clothes in episode one. Well, he's matched up with his uh, Sith destroyers, his uh, star yeah. destroyers that uh, that have the uh, <laughs> fucking uh, Death Star. He's a big Knight Rider it. fan. Um, yeah, so this whole soul-sucking thing, it, no, what is this? This is terrible. Ugh. So, yeah, hold on. Um, here we go. Like, Jedi Paxis goes on to say it's at this point that Kylo Ben reappears. Yeah, how we get to this part is still a bit fuzzy to me, but apparently Ben and Ray join forces and begin attacking Palpatine. Leia's lightsaber comes back into play when Rey and Kylo share the Skywalker's lightsabers throughout their fight. Uh, at some point, the Emperor overpowers them both and supposedly kills Ben. Here's what I'm thinking. Like, I, I've heard that, yes, Kylo Ren dies. Um, yeah, I'm, fuck that. No, I don't like it. I'm hearing that Kylo... Kylo gets thrown into a hole. That's all I know. I think it's like I think it's like a Emperor force push. He throws him into a hole. Kylo dies. Yep, that's what Fucking I heard. Emperor it, throwing people it, down it, things. God damn it! it. <laughs> I, I read that he falls into an endless abyss, never to be seen again. Right. And this is this is the second part of this is dog shit. So, so you're just gonna wipe that character out. It's what the fuck? Seriously. It, oh, ah, ah. Also, he I heard his, that he got his redemption. Though that's cool. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like. It. It's just like <laughs> apparently we don't see him again. It's just like he just disappears down a hole. Fuck you. That's bullshit. And also, I heard that that the emperor doesn't have a lightsaber. He just wields the force. Uh, you don't think yeah. it's thirty years that he would have built at least one fucking lightsaber Dude, with I've, this really long plan? I've heard no. I've heard from. I've heard from. Um, I don't know if it was Bestman Bulletin. No, it might have been MakingStarWars.net. Maybe they heard from Bestman Bulletin. I've heard reports that he does have a lightsaber, but then I I've. So. But then I've heard reports that he doesn't. So I it's, know. it's yeah. <laughs> I've heard both, man. Yeah. So, uh, Paxis goes on to say that, uh, and this, this, this is, this gets contradicting. So we will, I, I think the, the early Paxis report here was what, um, Kylo dies and they say, they say my source on this seemed pretty un- unambiguous, like they, that he sort of dies, but I've heard he's die that he dies. Um, and then it, so it goes on to say when, it looks like all hope is lost. The ghosts of Luke and Leia show up to aid Rey. Together they overpower the Emperor and end his darkness once and for all. That's not what happens as far as I've heard from Bespin Bulletin and from Making oh, Star Wars. No, no, no. That doesn't happen. Um, according to MakingStarWars.net and Bespin Bulletin. Um, Bespin Bulletin actually reported this first, but MakingStarWars.net, they have... Um, uh, kind of like confirmed it with their sources that this is what happened. So from what I understand, it sounds like Kylo does die. The emperor, you know, force tosses him into a hole, this abyss that Dan was talking about and he's dead. Ray is hurt and knocked out and here's the voices. Um, she isn't seeing force ghosts in this moment, but she does hear 
uh, voices through the force telling her to wake up. Now, remember earlier when we were talking about her training with General Leia and she's trying to talk, up, talk to Jedi of the past. She's trying to communicate with them and she's not able to and she chops down the tree and it falls on BB-8. This is like that moment. This is like that moment. So she isn't apparently, I'm hearing she isn't seeing force ghosts in this moment, but she does hear voices through the force telling her to wake up. And these voices, and I'm going to give you the order, I believe, in which they're presented in the movie. Um, and some of these, you guys are going to be like, whatever, but I think it's, it's, I think this is going to happen. You're going to say like, Watto, are you? <laughs> no, 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 no. The, these voices that she hears are Anakin, Luke, Obi-Wan, Yoda, Maz Kanata, Ahsoka Tano, Ezra Bridger, and finally Leia. Yeah, wow, that's a crazy I mean, list. That's cool. Does that mean that Maz Kanata is force sensitive? And does that mean I know she's in the final battle? Um, she's in the final battle. We see her in the final battle. Does she die in the final battle? Well, that's the only thing that would make sense if this is true. Yeah, that's a list of dead people. And one of these things is not like the other. If well, we alive. haven't we haven't seen the death of honestly, we haven't seen the death of Ezra Bridger. Is is he like? Are they confirming here that Ezra Bridger's dead? Same thing with Ahsoka Tano. Last we were left, Ahsoka Tano was is is yes in Rebels she's alive. So is like is that what they're confirming here that they have died? I mean, this kind of like closes the story on Ezra Bridger, who's around the same age as Leia, right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, but I mean, um, all the others, yeah, sure, but like. Maz saying that she's not a force user, but she can, you know, see stuff. Having her telepathically tell her stuff just seems a bit out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. why does this fucking like broom handle kid from the end of <laughs> the last Jedi? You got this, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Take this broom. <laughs> he didn't say anything. He just holds his broom up in solace. <laughs> I think they just let Maz do it because. They didn't give her anything else to do. Yeah, it's a it's a pity line. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, having Ahsoka and Ezra in there, I, that's I really like that. It's I do cool. too. Yeah, I like it as well. It's a little nod for the for anyone that sort of you know goes out their way to watch the animated stuff. But yeah. you know, Maz hasn't been an important character in this entire trilogy, so having her do it just kind of seems like yeah, whatever. Yeah, stupid. Um. Jedi Paxis goes on to say, as for what the other members of the resistance, oh dude, yeah, as for what the other members of the resistance are doing at this point, they're engaged in a space battle against Palpatine's fleet led by General Pride. Uh, the resistance's goal is supposed, I don't know about that. It feels like General Pride's fucking ship got blown up by Finn, but maybe this is happening during this battle, you know, I don't know. Yeah, from, from what I, from the thing you sent me, yeah. apparently it's very similar to the end of Return of the Jedi, uh, uh, which is that we're going to be cutting between the fight between Kylo Ray and Pal- Palpatine and the uh, space battle, which is like, you know, Lando and Chewie and all those guys. Mm. And then we're going to have the dropship moment, which is a thing that lots of people complained about, about the space horses. And they're going to be running... Mm. 
with the space horses along like one of the star destroyers uh, and that's that's Finn and what's the name Jana, Jana yeah it? Jana's the one that has the space horses yeah yeah so they're going to be like dropped off on one of the ships and on the super star destroyer general pride star destroyer and they're going to get in that way and so all these three things are going to be happening at the same time just like in Jedi with Luke and Vader Emperor in a throne, throne room battle of Endor and then yeah. everything's going on with the shield generator did you hear that fucking um, Palpatine, like during this, as the battle's going on out there, I heard like he he kills a lot of resistance, uh, like ships. He destroys. Yeah. <laughs> he throws his fucking hands up in the air. And I, dude, did I send you a picture of this, Dan? Uh, not not a picture, no, but just the text. Yeah, of what he does. Yeah, he like throws his hands up in the air, and uh, Force lightnings, Sith lightning, fucking destroys a bunch of ships. Yeah, that's, again, that's way out there. This yeah. Is it. Getting crazy, more and more crazy, but the I've craziest seen, thing is yet to come. Dude, I've seen the fucking picture. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. If he, if he can do that, it's like, what's he need to fucking power his battery up with Ray for? Well, well I think, I think he, after he's already, uh, yeah, siphoned all the power out of, you know, Ray. Yeah, well, so, so, so picture it. We have Kylo is now dead, never to be seen again. We have Ray, who's been knocked out. And then we have super powerful Palpatine, the guy that Anakin, the greatest Jedi that ever lived, is uh, arguably, sorry, but that he's the one that managed to kill the Emperor, essentially by deception, by when he's nuking Luke and then picks him up and throws him in the thing. That's how he kills him. So this guy is even stronger and... He, and the most powerful Jedi that's ever been alive is the one that killed him. And then what happens next, Brian? <laughs> oh, fuck. You know, you tell me, man. Well, Ray kills him. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, yeah. The, it's the Emperor dies. Yeah. She kills him. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we got knocked out Ray. And then, yeah, the, all they the tell voices her, they all, yeah. get up and they and tell her they, to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she's imbued with some sort of crazy fucking. Jedi superpower, even though she's had loads of her energy stolen and is the Emperor and he's like the most powerful that he's ever been. He's shooting down spaceships out of the sky with his hands and she just kills him. Seriously, go fuck yourself if this is how it ends. This is so stupid. And who knows? I mean, he'll be as dead as he was, was yeah. at the end of Return of the Jedi, probably. Oh, no, apparently he explodes, as far as, like, as far as I read. <laughs> it's like this huge shockwave that comes out and starts crump, crumpling the fucking temple thing that they're in. Oh, and this is why I said that everything from the the, the fight with uh, Kylo and the Knights of Ren, I, this just all sounds so fucking terrible. Yeah, at the same time of, like, her killing the Emperor, like, the Resistance is trying to take out the... Uh, the flagship of the first order or that this, this new Sith fleet and, um, they destroy the flagship at the same time that the emperor dies. Um, yeah. So they take out general pride yeah. and the emperor right. explosion, explosion, Lando swoops Lando in, saves Finn and, and Janna. Yeah. The last thing this Jedi Paxis goes on to say, the last thing I was told is regarding the final sequence of the film. I don't know. I don't know why, but our heroes travel to Tatooine during these scenes, it is supposedly revealed that Ray has cannibalized Anakin, Luke's lightsaber, and Leia's to make one of her own that supposedly has a yellow gold blade. So basically, she she I th I, I hear that she uses the Force to take them apart. 
And then she puts it back together into one lightsaber. Yeah. And then it, it's yellow, it's a yellow slash gold blade. She, yeah, that's what I've heard as well. She buries the leftover pieces on the grounds of the former Lars homestead. The final yeah, shot. And just so Jedi Paxus realizes that's why she went there <laughs> to bury the lightsabers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I don't know why we, yeah, why, why are we going to Tatooine? <laughs> to memorialize the fucking hero. Right. <laughs> she buries the leftover pieces on the grounds of the former Lars homestead. The final shots of the Skywalker saga allegedly echo how the adventure began in 77. Our heroes gazing at the horizon, dreaming of the future as twin suns set in the distance. I also hear that she takes on the last name of Skywalker because like that's the path that she went down even though she's a palpatine she took the path of a skywalker and she takes the last name of skywalker yeah and i i heard that luke and leia force goes to there with her as well looking at the twin sons right yeah yeah and not anakin not anybody else just the yeah, not just anakin like, not everyone yep. not fuck not kylo canada not Maz, not Ezra, not Sucker, definitely not Kylo, because um, he's never to be seen again. I do hear <laughs> that Constable Zuvio just walks by. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just in the background with some blue milk. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you want one of these? Apparently, oh my god. The, you know, we talked earlier about the, um, the scene of, uh, you know, Ray going back to Octo. This is Bespin Bulletin. They said they're, they're, there's a flashback scene with Ray training with Luke on Octu. Um, it will also be revealed that Luke and Leia both knew of Ray's lineage. Apparently, Luke did not want to train her because of her lineage. However, there will be a message. It's not about what's in your genes. It's about what's in your heart. It will also be revealed that Ray inspired Leia to rejoin the Jedi path. So that comes from Bespin Bulletin. I'm hearing that, yeah, they both knew that she was a Palpatine when they first met her. Um, Leia met her first, and that's why Leia wanted to send her to, to have her find Luke. Because she's like, if anybody can, first off, if anybody can um, save this girl from you know her family family's destiny of being a palpatine it's luke and it's also a second chance for him because he feels like he was the reason that his nephew went to the dark side you know so it's like giving him a second chance at kind of like an, a, another apprentice and and maybe you know her doing the right thing and redemption for luke as well so I like it. I like it. And Leia's kind of seen firsthand that it doesn't matter who your parents are. I mean, her and Han's son is Kylo. So it, on the flip side, you know, maybe there can be good in a, in a daughter of Palpatine. I'm sure she realizes that lineage isn't really 100% matter at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, she's seen it firsthand. Exactly. And, that, like, you know, she, she eventually takes on the last name of Skywalker. You know, at the end yeah, of this anyway. Um, I know that people are going to have a problem with that as well, but for me, that makes total sense of the character and the journey she's been on. You know, she's she's putting to rest like the final death of Palpatine, even though I don't like how they did it, and and essentially killing that name and killing that lineage, lineage and carrying on the Skywalker lineage because obviously Kylo's dead, Han's dead, Leia's dead, Luke is dead. Right. So there's no there's nowhere for it to go except yeah. for, for her to carry it on. Yeah. Yep. Ah, uh, that's that. That's uh, that is uh, as far as I know what happens in Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, guys. 
we'll be two weeks away. Is that right? Two weeks. Two weeks away. Yeah, we're getting we're getting real close. We're getting real close. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like we're saying, man. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there that that from reports sound a little bit dumb, um, but yeah. most of it I I enjoy. Um, but yeah, that last battle that can go suck a big old dick and go fuck itself because uh, that is terrible. Yeah, I don't know. It's like we I've gotta see these things play out in that final battle, man. Like Oh yeah, yeah. It could definitely could be, be, be so exciting and well and well displayed. Yeah. It makes me more of a sucker for it. Like maybe just on paper it sounds a little oopy doopy, but Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm super excited to see I'm super excited to see fucking Kylo throw down his old lightsaber. And, you know, the Triblade, throw it down, mm-hmm. and then fucking go after the Knights of Ren with fucking nothing but him in the Force, and doing it because he cares for Rey. He love, I think he loves Rey, and he wants to protect her in this moment, and, and fucking, you know, do it, that's just awesome. And, but then it's like, we get that, and then she heals him, and then, like, the fucking Emperor just tosses him into the abyss like that. Fuck yeah. you. Fuck you. Right. Yeah. Fuck you. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. So, I, mean, I mean, that because that's the thing, man, is like from what we've heard, the whole for me, it would have made sense for Kylo to defeat Ray um, on in, in that that set their last their last fight in inverted commas. And that would be a very good reason for her to exile herself that she doesn't think she's strong enough you know she would go to Octo and you know like just fucking give it all up that's a good reason for her to do that not just suddenly decide to do it because she felt like killing him that, that's, that's <laughs> dumb it's stupid but, but that would have been great we could have had like yeah. Kylo defeat Rey she buggers off exil- exiles her- herself and then we get the you know Clark and Pa Kent on top of the mountain in Man of Steel scene where he kind of has a conversation with, with Han who like turns him around and that and that's when he ditches his lightsaber and is like, fuck this, you know, I'm gonna go and help out the uh help out the rebels and uh yeah. the rebels, sorry, sorry, the resistance. <laughs> and I mean yeah. that would be great. I'm looking forward to seeing him talk to Han if, yeah. if that is an actual thing. It is I, I think it, head. I think it is, man. Even if it's just in his head, I think it is a thing because I I've heard that Harrison Ford showed up to set. So I yes. mean, yeah. yeah. I've heard the same. Yeah, but that would be a very touching scene. And I'm very interested to see what the the lines and what the script is like in that. Mm -hmm. Because it's going to take a lot to turn him around. Um, So I'm interested to see that scene especially. But to have him go through all of that, redeem himself, come back, help Ray, and then just get fucking blasted into the abyss. Fuck off. (laughs) We could have just had a really cool ending where they both survived they took out the emperor together which i would definitely believe and then they both take on the skywalker name you know i know he's already got it unless he's a solo essentially but um you know his his mum's a skywalker dude i was having i was all i was all about more tragic this way yeah but i was all i'm with dan i was all about raylo i was so about raylo like them two getting together fucking and having little jedi babies man yeah (laughs) that's what makes it so much more tragic is that little can never happen (laughs) little gray Jedi babies, that'd be fucking amazing. Like it's just, it'd be so damn good. Just, uh, no, yeah, no, they had to just kill him for no fucking reason. Maybe <laughs> up with Room Boy. Maybe. <laughs> I think Room Boy's older now. 
<laughs> like a year. Well, it's like look at Anakin and Padme. I was man. just going to say <laughs> unheard of in the Star Wars. Yeah. That's true. Look how that true. look how that turned out. You know. <laughs> yeah, not well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, there's some, there's some, oh man, the spectacle is going to be ridiculous. I, you know, we've seen it in the trailers. We know yeah. what their effects are like. I mean, even from The Force Awakens, I remember us like sitting around the table and just like, even like on break, just like whooping and hollering about that it looked like Star Wars again for the first time. And if this is anything to go by, like the, the, the shot of all the ships coming together and is a bit of a, you know, a ship Star Wars nerd just trying to spot like every single model and what they represent. Whew, seeing all that shit going down is going to be amazing. <laughs> That's going to be great. I've got no doubt. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, yeah. you know, I just hope it ends differently. I forgot to mention that, um, Hux does get killed. I've heard that I've heard from two different, uh, you know, two different outlets here that I've heard that Kylo kills him by one. And I, th- Think I think at one time making Star Wars .net said that Kylo kills him, and but, so maybe he finds out that he's the mole or something, yeah. and then just fucking stabs him. Bespin Bulletin said uh, after uncovering the mole, Pride, a new First Order leader, kills General Hux and informs Kylo of the location of the Resistance. So that's what Bespin. That's Bulletin a good way said. to make Pride into a big bad guy within one movie. Ah oh, man, like how you know how big of a part is that guy going to get? You know, like, I, I gonna, feel. I, I know, say, but. Yeah, I don't think you want Kylo killing Hux in a movie where 90 minutes later we're having his ultimate redemption arc. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, the only thing you need to do with General Pride to make him a bad guy in Star Wars is make him English. That's it. Right. We, know, yeah. we know this to be true. It's so <laughs> that, true. You know, all the Empire and all of the First Order, all of their officers are all Englishmen. All I know is like with, with Star Wars, is that's why everybody was thinking Matt Smith was going to be one of these fucking you know, First Order generals, oh, sure. right? Yes. But like, all I know is like, with like, we, we see some of these names, you know, like, oh, General Pride. And like, I remember, you know, like, uh, in the last movie, there was a name of a, uh, of a, like a first order officer or something. And we're, I, and we're like, oh, what, what's, what? And it was just a small part, you know, it's like, that's, and that's a lot of like, kind of like what we see going on in this is like, we hear this name, General Pride, and like, he's just going to get a few, few scenes you know it's, yeah man he's a fast oh yeah yeah for sure because honestly he's a bad guy honestly at the end of the day i think like the character that's really going to get shortchanged here is poe <laughs> at the end of the day yeah I, yeah I've hardly heard anything about him which sucks yeah i, I think they're just going to be like okay you know ever you know leia dies and like he's going to be a big leader now you know because like he learned a lot from the death of holdo you know um, in the last movie, when Laura Dern's character of Holdo died, he learned a lot there. Yeah. He learned to be more humble. And I think, like, that's kind of like, I hear that he's not in a ship at all, like, hardly in this movie. And we're not going to see him in an X-Wing. It's going to be more about him what? leading. Yeah, it sucks, dude. That's the best part of fucking Poe is seeing him in the fucking X-Wing, <laughs> He's man. a ragtag, kick-ass pilot. <laughs> he's, like, the like the best pilot I know. they've got. And he's not going to be in a fucking ship. It piss- Well, it pisses me off, too, man. That- I love watching him in The Force Awakens. It's like, well, in the in, in, they do that. Ryan Johnson already did that to us in The Last Jedi, which I love that movie. But on the flip side, it's like, Right at the beginning, he's got the new fucking X-Wing, and it gets destroyed yeah. right at the beginning of the movie. 
I mean, it, it sucks, but we did get to see him, like, solo a fucking Star Destroyer just take out all those turrets yeah. right at the start. That was uh, awesome. That was, was like, awesome. That was That was cool. I, yeah, oh, you're absolutely right about yeah. that. I, on retrospect, the only thing that I... Well, the one thing that really sticks out in my head that I didn't... That I think they could have done better in The Last Jedi is not have uh, Admiral Holdo. Just make it fucking Mon Calamari. You know, like... You got this guy who's already an established character who then sacrifices himself to save all the resistance. I don't, I don't understand why they had to bring in a new character it's to do the, that. And they think, just wiped him out in one line. I think, oh, he's dead. I think it's their, <laughs> I think it, honestly, I think it's like Akbar's voice. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, like, you know, like, <laughs> talking like that the entire fucking movie. They should have Akbar's voice talk to Ray and say it's a trap right after all. <laughs> Yeah, that was the only thing that I thought they could have done better. Oh, I was yeah. just like, yeah, it just makes that a lot more sense to have this character that we've grown up and loved for years, like, do this incredibly heroic thing, well, as opposed be- to yeah. a character that we've never seen before. Well, haven't they been teasing Akbar's son? You know what I mean? Yes. Like, what, didn't, yeah, they have. Didn't, like, okay, on... And I think that... Are they teasing Akbar's son in The Mandalorian? Was he the one that showed up on that puck? Mm. I'm very potentially, yeah. Yeah, because there was a Moncal on that puck, and I was thinking, like, is that is that Akbar's son? Like, I know, wasn't Akbar's son like teased in one of the novels or in a comic book recently? Mm, I'm not sure about that. I even when watching Mando, I thought it possibly could have been Akbar himself. The thing was for. Yeah, but I mean, guys, seriously, the Mando. Oh, How fucking god. good is that show? It's so fucking good. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Is it. It's only eight episodes this first season. So like we're, we're, we're halfway through. <sighs> yeah. And leave it to leave it to John Favreau to fucking just like bring back Star Wars into my life in a real big way. Did you see that uh, Ryan Johnson is interested in directing a season two episode? I didn't see that, no. Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah, if, I saw that. Fans have been flipping it, out about it. If Favreau's writing it, bring it on. Because I've, um, what's her name? Is it Deborah Cho? Deborah she Chow, directed, yeah. Oh, she directed, like, episode. I think that's my favorite episode. <laughs> yeah, was it, it was the, was it the Sin episode? Was it, it was the third episode. It was the yes, third, episode. third episode. Yeah, it's oh my god, it's so fucking good. She directed. She directed that one. She's she's going to be the showrunner for the Obi Wan Kenobi show. Yeah, exactly. It's just more great news. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's like again, it's um, uh, I would say that you know all the stuff that people complain about about these new trilogies and stuff. Just watch the Mandalorian. If you're not interested, watch the Mandalorian. Totally. There's nothing. It's just Star Wars, man. It's just we, pure Star Wars. We it's haven't so even gotten the Taika Waititi directed episode this season of The Mandalorian. I wasn't yeah, can't wait for that. Wasn't he in it as a character? He was. was yes. I, he was IG Eleven. He was yes, IG Eleven. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was such a great droid. I didn't know that that was going to happen either. And I just looked. Me and me and Cat watched it together, and I just went, "Fucking hell! It's Taika Waititi." She was yeah. like. Really? <laughs> I was like, yeah, they just like put him through a little bit of a voice modulator, but at the end of the day, it was him. Yeah. Was like, oh, just- oh, yeah, it's totally obvious if you know. Yeah, exactly. If you've like seen all the, um, well, watched any of his films that he's in, but also like any of his director's commentary, he just had that incredibly like dry New Zealand wit as well. It was, oh, it was so good. I, I fucking love this show. I hope if they have more IG droids in this, they're all voiced by Taika. 
Oh, that would be, yeah, that would yes. be amazing if the whole line was by him. That would be so good. But um, I mean, how far have you gone into the Mandalorian on the show? What do you mean, like the episodes-wise? Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm all the way through episode four, you know, and I've watched I've watched each episode two to three times at least. <laughs> so, have you, yeah, have you I'm, I'm reviewed the same. them on the show or not? What's that? Have you reviewed them all on the show? No, 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 no. Um, uh, kind of like lightly talked about them on each episode. Okay. Yeah, like the we we really dug into the first two episodes um, that first week with the Mandalorian, and then I've kind of lightly sprinkled a little bit of stuff into into the last couple episodes, like the the last one. Um, when Baby Yoda's walking around and sees the, <laughs> there's the scene where you see the loath cat from Rebels. Yes, that's right. But uh, but for me, that that episode, Gina Carano, just wow. Yeah, I I was not impressed with her. She she really? looked yeah. She looks like a bounty hunter, man. She looks like she has the look. I just I feel like when she acts, it feels like she's just kind of like reading lines. I don't feel I was not fully like she looks the part of a bounty hunter i just don't think that she was in her performance was incredible to be quite honest oh, with you that's a shame man. i thought she was pretty great yeah it was it was for me that i found this 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 uh, gif of her punching him punching the mandalorian and he like scorpion kicks so his face hits the floor first and then his legs double over and almost kick him in the back of the head that i just watched that on repeat so much it's, it's so good i just love seeing you know this this character that like she knows how to fight like in real life as well and she just fucking clocks him and the stunt guy whoever took that hit you know fair dues because you sold it it's ridiculous do you think she's gonna you think Cara Dune's gonna show up in more episodes um I don't know man I think we're one and done same but I I just I really enjoyed it I thought that I really enjoyed that episode I'm not gonna say anything more about it because there's some fucking awesome stuff in there um but yeah now that was great it was really good and I just yeah, I just think it's a great show. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I know. It's, oh, it's some. Oh shit! Tonight we're getting a new episode. I know. I'm gonna watch it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna watch it tomorrow as well. Literally, just hours away from a new episode. Let's wrap this episode. Thank you, everyone, yeah. for listening to our uh, Rise of Skywalker uh, spoiler episode. Dan, where can people find more of you? Hmm, they can find me here on Pop Culture Leftovers when I can actually sync up my times and we review stuff. Yeah. But the other place they can find me weekly is on a show called Brute Force and Ignorance, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, where me, um, Eric Marable, Frank Hammer, Jai Rivera, Matt Kirby, we play Dungeons and Dragons and we have a fantastic dungeon master known as Mr. Jacob Harmon, who fucking kills it every goddamn week. And we have a great time. And yeah, it's just fantasy dice rolling, role playing fun. Yeah, uh, Harmon was actually just on, a, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and like I, love, I know, <laughs> I, I was annoyed he didn't tell me. Oh man, I love having him on. I love having Harmon on. He did a great job. So it was one of those things where I knew he was really looking forward to Ford versus Ferrari, and I was like, man, I gotta get this guy on to talk about it. And <laughs> so yeah, it was fantastic having. Him. Yeah, check out Brute Force and Ignorance of Dungeons and Dragons podcast. You can find it's everywhere, right? Dance on Spotify. It's everywhere. 
Yeah, it's on the whole thing. I think the uh, I think Spotify is the only place it isn't. Oh, okay. so we tried registering it, and then they gave us a bunch of shit. So uh, yeah. I never got around to sorting that out, sadly. But yeah, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, all, all the places you find podcasts. That's where it, that's where it's at. There you go, everybody. Jake, thank you, man. Oh, yeah, it was great. I've been looking forward to this podcast all day. <laughs> Me too. I've been. I've. Oh man, I've been looking forward. I've been. I wanted to put this one out way earlier, but I think it's. I think it's fine putting it out two weeks before. But thanks everybody for listening, and uh, have a great week. We'll see you. Yeah, later, everybody. See ya. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations! I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, "I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap." Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and the shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover, pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Sure only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.